You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. I'm gonna freeze. Hey guys. I'm gonna freeze. We're alive. So exciting. Yeah. See now we've got this is what happens every week is yeah. all the best jokes happen happen, then, happen during setup, happen during level check, and then the episode is just like what are you up to? Oh, I don't know. This right. is what I'm up to. Oh, were those your best jokes? <laughs> that was it. That's it, dude. That's, That's it. I mean, we're, we're out done. of them. We're done. Oh, Brad, I hope you don't mind. I told everybody in the post that I was putting up that I was interviewing the real life Moby. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just I corrected. I said, I said, I'm here with the real life Moby. But I'm not vegan. Oh, wait. It's Brad Smalling from Evergroove Studio. It's actually way better. It's actually Moby James Keenan. Moby James Cannon? Makes Keenan. James Keenan. Ke- who's Oh, Moby James Keenan. That's solid. I got it. That's solid. Man, so like Also a crossover I would listen to. So like really socially awkward spooky girls love you, right? <laughs> um yeah. Like the 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 really like moody like sad girl types and sad boy types Who really the club? really love Moby and love Maynard James Keenan. And if you ever wondered what their love child would look like, it's Brad Smalling. <laughs> Maynard James Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> Is that the one you're talking That's about? Good. Yeah. That would bring people together, I think. It would be um, Maynard James Keenan with a sense of humor. <laughs> like, he has a sense of humor, but it's kind of a mean sense of humor, you uh, know? Maybe it's deserved. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but... Well, I'm just yeah. making judgments based upon what I've heard from other people, which I understand I is that's the best we, way to go about it's absolutely forming attributions about people. That's right. That's how we do. Hey, welcome to episode number eight zero. Eighty. Number eighty. We've wow. done eighty of these, dude. Neat. Starting from little tiny cell phone. Oh, that's like why a, he asked a, us to clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta clap so we can see how the clapping sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. All the clapping sounds good. Yeah, welcome to episode number eight zero of the motherfucking podcast. This is, of course, the official podcast of the International Power Rock Combo, motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively, the rad in Colorado, and certainly the rad in any radicable. <laughs> means, that means we won't die. I saw the word any radicable, and I was like, ha, huh, that's us. We yeah. won't die. We put that's the rad in any radicable. Nice. Yeah. Um, man, I am very excited about this episode. It is an exciting week, and uh, we've got an exciting couple of guests in here to talk about it. You do? If it, yes. And for oh, people yeah. who, like, listen outside. to the podcast and, like, everything but the content that is directly about our band, you're not going to like this episode because we're going to talk a lot <laughs> about making this fucking record that we've been working on. We're going to oh. talk a lot about making a killing. <laughs> the new single that just dropped. We're going to talk about the studio process because I am joined today by none other than Mr. Brad Smalling and Mr. Ethan Cotell. From Evergroove Studio, who we mention as a sponsor on every episode of the show. Yeah. 
I think we've mentioned you guys as a, we've mentioned your name in some capacity on all 80 episodes of this podcast. Oh, thanks, hey, man. I'm pretty sure. Thanks. Because Appreciate we love that. you guys so much. So, um, we love you. We are streaming this episode live today if you're oh, listening to live. it on Stitcher or Spotify cool. or or uh, Apple Podcasts. You missed out. Make sure you catch the next one by going to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. Subscribe and hit the little notification dinghy. It's not as annoying as some notifications that are out there. Like I do, That's good. I only get notifications about stuff I subscribe to, so I don't get too mad. It's not like, hey, you haven't posted in a while. You should post. Exactly. Oh you know, I, I don't want to. I, I generally keep all of my notifications off. But the, I'm okay with getting YouTube notifications whenever something goes yeah. live. So if you want to catch these live stream episodes, uh, go to YouTube and sign up on that. Uh, for those of you who are on YouTube watching this, all two or three, maybe upwards of 12 people right now, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the stream. There's got to be at least all of us. Don't forget all of us. Yeah. You're Plus all of us. In these two rooms. You're forgetting the booth. Well, well, hold on. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> the live stream today has been made possible by uh, Evergroove's video guru dude, Everguru, the Everguru himself. Mr. Hey, do you like that nickname? Everguru. We, uh, we can go with that. The Everguru. It's not the worst. It actually, it's very Everguru. fitting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I like it. That's nice. uh, I like that. We'll talk about it. Please welcome Ethan Klein to the show. For Thank setting you, up everyone. Our, thanks for setting up the live stream, dude. Yep. And yeah. of course... Um, my favorite person to ever be on this show. He's, I like him so much that I forced him to come and help me produce the show. Please welcome Gordo G. Gordelstein, Frank and Gordo, Gordo G. Gordon of Gordophonic Records. Yeah. Hello. The, the, the one and only Jason Gordon is in the house. Hey, buddy. How are you? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, poor guy, poor guy. Gordo, Gordo is a suffering bastard right now, and oh. I and I appreciate all things considered that that you are here. And if you feel if com- you see me wince and run out of the room, <laughs> don't be alarmed. Oh no, Gordo has kidney stones. Gordo has, no. and and he was telling me at the be- before we got started that it hasn't even gotten to his penis yet. Oh no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. It just left my kidney and into my bladder, and, and that was the worst pain in my entire life. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Writhing oh, God. on a gurney. Oh, Have you done any so research on the different stages of pain? Oh, God. I'd kind of rather not at I this mean, point. <laughs> After kinda... experiencing the worst pain of my life, I don't really want to know if it's going to get any worse than that. Well, the worst do, I mean, would you rather be su- so far? <laughs> would you rather be surprised by it when it gets there, or do you want to like... <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, the, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how bad is it going to hurt when it reaches my wiener? Yeah, yeah, it's just, just going to make it itself present. Dude, I wonder. Like, I really wonder it's, if it's worse internally in, in the organs, like up in... in leaving your kidney and and traveling through or if it just gets way worse when it gets to your penis well i'll be sure and let you know yeah please follow this story i'll closely. send you i'll send you an email will you will you live stream that too oh just yeah facebook live <laughs> everybody that. everybody wants to see that we're gonna get a scope inside your urethra man just him in a hot tub like a bath that would be bath. super high tech this is all high tech you know enough but like that's that's going to the next level that's right the next there. step well dude. you're right we only have these two cameras to work with so i mean you know gordo urethral camera gordo when we sat down and we Band made our it. vision board for this show. I believe that was in the at least top five uh, bullet points of our of our our vision statement. Was one day 
we will get to the point where we can put a camera in your pecker hole. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's a goal. Goal a, number three. The hole for the, the goal. The goal is the hole. <laughs> the goal for the hole. The, the whole goal, goal is the hole. The whole goal is the hole. Actually, the before we record every episode, Gordo and I go into the booth and we put our hands in. We have a little huddle and we just go, the hole is the goal. The hole is the goal. Yay! Let's have a good show. <laughs> Don't let them in on everything. <laughs> Then there won't be any magic just for you and I. There's no mystique. No wonder the door locks. No, dude. I I mean, man, anybody who's listening, if you have any suggestions for how Gordo might get through this as pain-free as possible, like, he would certainly appreciate it. It's not going to happen, but I would appreciate it. Yeah. I'm I'm sure he also really appreciates me talking about his dickhole live on YouTube, but I just, I just, I'm... It's a pleasure. Dude, I have a passion for men's health. (laughs) <laughs> I have a passion for dick health, especially man. yours. No, I was, but then I was telling him um, <laughs> we have a collection, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but oh. I, you know, nobody's watching this oh, anyway. God. But we have a collection. <laughs> we have a collection of of gall and kidney stones at home. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Who's? Wait, yeah, which, he just told on, me this prior to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This really? is true, so, so apparently. We as then that we or you? There's a whole other we going on. No, 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 no. Because that's, that was a really interesting you transition. Can, you, you, just yeah, yeah you cannot include oh, me yeah. in this we. Oh, no, yeah. I no. said, I guess I did. But like, you get what happened, right? I was we, going, we, 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 we. We went from, we went from dick hole to we. Ah. Uh, oh, there's a little. We went little, we, we, we all the way home. Jesus. Christ. Sorry, I, I hang out with a seven month old. This isn't gonna get any, this isn't gonna get any better, man. No, so. it will. It will. Right now no, we're getting the the sillies out. This is how the top of the episode always is. Fine. You get the you gotta shake the sillies out. You gotta get your yayas out. So I have to know though whose kidney stones. Oh, okay. Are. So oh, and why? So my wife oh, right. used to before she became a mom, hey, she was uh she was a corneal um retrieval field technician like she extracted corneas from corpses eyes oh like uh she worked for the the rocky mountain lions eye bank before that uh before that she she extracted lion corneas lion corneas yeah we she would every time a lion dies at the zoo they call her in and they go we need you um (laughs) no but before that she was a gross room uh assistant at um what do you call it uh saint joe's and the gross room is a part of the pathology department where basically every time a surgeon takes something out or does a biopsy or someone has a limb amputated mm-hmm. or someone passes a stone or, you know, a whole variety. Anytime gross tissue shit. needs to be examined by a pathologist, right. it goes down to the gross room, which is where they do the gross big picture uh, examination right. of the piece of tissue. It's also ironic because it really is a gross room. I see. It is a gross place. I thought its name was literal. Like yeah. It's because it's a gross room. Ew! Yeah. I, I thought that's why they The hospital's that. just like, right. that's the that's gross ew. room. <laughs> what do we call it? The, I don't know, we'll call it the gross room. Yeah? yeah okay. <laughs> uh, I'm here to see Dr. Klein in the yucky department. In the yucky department. Actually, did you, uh, we have a little segue here. Did you work in a gross room? No, I worked in a decontamination room. He should tell his story. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, what? Klein. Okay. In a quick se- well, Quick segue. We and can then we're fin- going to come we, back to the gross. Well, we room. can finish yours and come back to okay. this because it ties in. Good Let's call. finish yours because it, okay. It's a. It's how what he used to do is terrifying. Okay. All right. I want to hear about this. All right. So Sarah. Terrifying. So what Sarah did is she basically assisted the gross room techs and the pathologists mm-hmm. by. 
making uh, like running the cryostat, making right. uh, you know, where they'll freeze a piece of tissue and then they make little tiny like paper thin shavings out of that to put on microscope slides, like <laughs> or pasta or or pasta. So she she knows how to run a cryostat. She um, she uh, would take. Like every once a month or something like that, she would go and get all the expired bottles of tissue that are stored in formalin for uh, a period of time yeah. and dump all those into a spaghetti strainer or a colander. See, pasta, I told pasta, you. Pasta, yeah. And, um, and then Forbidden clean all that pasta. out and dump it. Like she had to dump guts pretty regular. It was a pretty nasty job. And when you're dumping guts, you end up with a lot of stones in the bottom. So <laughs> over time, she would just kind of collect these gall and kidney stones and jars in the office. And when she eventually left the job, she she took one of the jars with her home. And we have it in our in our curios case uh, in our living room. So is that just a reminder to do the best you can to eat healthy or to go the other direction? They just look really cool. Because you want your own. And to be fair, dude, my <laughs> wife... look really cool. My wife is kind of a Wednesday Adams. Good. Like she's uh, so we've got a lot of like spooky, creepy, dead stuff at my house. I was just gonna it's, say, it's, awesome. it's always like when you see weird stuff and it's so cool in an antique shop when it's like this is a bottle of uh, gall and kidney stones from the 1920s, and you're like, right, Whoa, right, who, if, what kind of weird serial killer had that in their house? And right. it's like, no, yeah, exactly. it was just Aaron Howell and his <laughs> wife, just, <laughs> just his wife, dude. No, I mean, and it, who knows? Maybe in a hundred years, it'll end up in some curio's shop yeah. where people are just maybe. like, ooh, ooh, this belonged to some lady for it. Like, she passed away recently, and her kids right. found it. And, uh, <laughs> okay, she I, was the wife of a satanist. <laughs> What what did uh Ooh, so awkward silence uh, Klein uh, so tell us about first of all say hi say hi to the people who hello people hi people okay so hi. tell us about this job that you have you worked in a decontamination what now yes so I used to be a surgical instrument tech and it was really nasty um, like you cleaned surgical instruments every surgery uh, uses instruments and my job was to clean those instruments and the bloodiest surgeries were. Uh, ortho surgeries and so they would come back with like uh, pieces of patella and patella yeah shards of femur oh. yeah all kinds of nasty stuff yeah. from like shaving bone off and yeah. stuff like that yep yeah but oh. have you guys ever put patella on chocolate chip waffles see <laughs> it's, it's really it's good. good oh dude <laughs> it's did good. you try the patella M&M's yeah. they were so oh, good they're actually they're, so good though dude they discontinued them I was so yeah. mad I went out for snacks the other night and I was like ah. I mean did they really discontinue them yeah, yeah that's the, sad the, the patella M&M's yeah. yeah they kept the almond ones uh, fuck. they kept they have I like see what I like to do is I like to take the pretzel ones mm-hmm. and the peanut butter ones and get get a bag of each, and then pour them in my hand and eat one at the same time. One of each at one the same time. One of each time. at the same time. I put, I put one under each molar, and I get the peanut butter <laughs> and pretzel mix. Now, and I for a while there, I was throwing in the the Nutella ones too. Sorry, Patella. That makes sense. Pla- pa- Patella ones. Patella. Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> Have you? All right, be serious. <laughs> Have you and, had? Uh, <laughs> be serious. Be serious. <laughs> Have you had the cookie spread? Wait, wait, what? Okay, the yes. Patella. That stuff is amazing. It's literally life-changing. And I am Dude, currently... Dude, Europeans eat candy for breakfast. I, it's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm currently on a I'm currently on a quest to try one of every kind of candy bar that's currently released. Because <laughs> it can't be Good done. Good luck. I go to a lot of gas stations when I'm getting gas and whatnot, you know, and there's always a million new candy bars 
Have you tried the new Reese's you. stuff? They're no. Unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. They have they have Reese's peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces in them. What? They also yeah. they discontinued the kind that had uh pieces of cookie bars in them. It was like uh, Oreo what? cookie bars. It was so good. It it's was like Dude, I'm a professional snacker, and you're blowing my mind. It adds crunch to the Reese's, and it's just, it's (laughs) That's really all you're missing, is the crunch. Honestly, that's the worst part about a Reese's. You bite in, and it's, but you need the crunch. Yeah, you need the crunch. Texture. Yes. They also have, so we got, so Halloween just passed. It did. Oh, I'm sorry. And so, (laughs) uh, yes, we lost Halloween this past week. Halloween passed this year. Have a moment of silence. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I I'm think. so sorry. Are you okay? So we lost Halloween last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all lose them every year. Anyway, um, so we you know, about? so we so we went <laughs> out and bought a bunch of candy for mm-hmm. trick or treaters, and we wanted to have the best candy in the neighborhood. That's you nice know, of you. Yeah. instead of doing full, well, we have a lot Did of you kids. Full size bars? We didn't do full size bars. Oh well, but we have a lot of kids in our neighborhood who like their first generation Americans. Mm-hmm. So, like, Halloween is a foreign concept to them. Sure. So, like, their parents are, like, introducing them to it, and, you know, and, and like, some of them have costumes, some of them don't. They don't, right. like, they didn't, their parents didn't grow up on trick-or-treating, so don't know how it functions. So like, I don't know, let's just try. Yeah, so, you know, we get excited about it when, when like, we get all these kids from Eastern Europe and yeah. the Middle East and, and Southeast Asia and all these places, and they, they come up to the house and... And get candy. So we go out of our way to get like wicked candy. And we got the little Oreo bars, the yeah. little mini ch- oh, uh, chocolate Oreo bars. So good. Well, and then we got this variety pack that had regular Reese's peanut butter cups, regular Reese's pieces, glow in the dark Reese's. Wait. That can't be healthy. See, uh, now this is the thing. Don't get too <laughs> excited. Don't, get, don't like, get too excited. It's just so your poop glows. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I saw that on the label and I went, no way! And I opened it up and I'm like looking at the piece of candy and I'm yeah. like, how does this glow in the dark? And Sarah like slaps her head. She goes, the wrapper glows in the dark, <laughs> sweetheart. Oh, and I went, holy oh, shit, I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. I am. I was, yeah. I was right there. Yeah. I guess you can't. So Ooh. it had those in it, but then it also had the outrageous peanut butter cups, which is the cups with the Reese's Pieces in it. That's pretty outrageous. And then the outrageous bars, which is like the nutrageous, but instead of having nuts, it had the little tiny mini Reese's. And we pretty much ate most of that stuff See, before the kids even got there. So we've gotten to candy within candy. Yeah. yeah. That's what's yeah. happening now. Candy it's, within candy. And that's it's why like companies are candy. so stoked for Halloween because they know that like about 40% of their candy sales are for actual children. And right, right. The rest Capitalism, just, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> all just works. adults being stoked to have an excuse to eat candy. I, I, I do... <laughs> I, I do. Gonna, when you said, I thought you were going to say adults being stoned needing to eat candy. Oh, uh, yeah. That, like, that too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that and makes of sense. Of course, yes, all the time. Either yes, stoned or sad. That's that's really the only. Oh. That's the major. Dude, that's where those demographics cross over. Sad, that's that. Aaron. Stoned people, sad people, candy bars. So as right. somebody diagnosed with a depressive disorder right. and who smokes a lot of pot. Oh, I uh, have invented. Yeah, sorry that you had to find out this. Dude, way. you're right at the other end of the Pareto distribution. Oh, like you're I've, the, in, like, I've invented so many great snacks, though. You have no idea. You should get a job working for a candy company. You're not wrong. That because, would be good. Like we are living in the time of <laughs> just nostalgia yep. and stuff mixed with stuff. 
Like that's like, oh man, you know what people would really love? Yeah. Is if we took this candy and we put it inside this candy. Dude, what if we made a brownie waffle? Oh, ah! I feel personally attacked. Dude, what if we made a pancake brownie waffle? Ah! <laughs> What if we made a pork chop milkshake? Ah! No, but shit. A pork chop. Uh, pancake mm. brownie waffle. Called it. Sounds so good. It would be it would be uh, a waffle with brownie uh, like dough in the batter. So what right? kind of pot are we smoking today? This we're is smoking. A-dub. This is the a dub that and we're then smoking. The whole thing would be wrapped in a pancake. Which is which is what a dub is that short for something or is it just a dub? Oh, dude, this is my namesake yeah, brand A-dub. right here. A dub. This was named after me. You know, I have I to ask. No, I I don't know what a dub is. Oh, it was an Aaron joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A A Ron. <laughs> Dude, I've got a guy who calls the shop several times a week whose name is Aaron, and I hit him with the Aaron jokes every time every he calls. Time. And he he's like, he like we now know each other. We've never met face-to-face because I never end up giving him in his order, but I always <laughs> take his call. And I'm like, hey, is this Aaron D? And he's like, yeah, it is. What's up, Aaron H? How you doing? That's and I'm like, I'm like, dude, pocket dials, are they the worst or what? And he's like, oh. <laughs> No, I'm guys like just uh, airing out. Yeah, I'm like, dude, that uh, Key and Peel sketch is that fucking annoying or what? Oh my god, yeah, so oh annoying! God. I haven't even seen it. Me neither. I don't need to, <laughs> dude. It's just like I'm like, you're always the first to get invited to a party, though. Sounds like a special uh, bonding moment. Yeah, it was That's like yeah. meta customer service voice. Well, it's no, actually, it's it's <laughs> it's it's not meta because it's very specific. <laughs> it's very very specific. It's like I can only make. Aaron jokes with guys with that same exact name. That's right. With the so it's meta Aaron then. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it applies to in that it applies yeah. to all Aaron's. Meta yeah, Aaron. Absolutely. Meta Aaron. Back to stoner food. <laughs> what are we talking about? I just was thinking as we were talking about it. You've had a waffle cone, man. Waffle cones are great. What about a French toast cone, man? Wait, what? Holy yeah. shit! If Game no one has come up with that, where? they should come. And I, I don't You'd mean have to like, achieve the right thickness to bendability ratio i think it would be great if it was extra thick mm. i think it would be good if it was thick and a and little bit spongy but it'd have to be like this thick around which <laughs> not that that's an issue but you'd be shoving this in your mouth try this for me Aaron. it would be about put the your hands up like this and shove that in your mouth listen i've i've taken bigger cylindrical things than that before <laughs> i know you're in a band with tony lee ah, well then you <laughs> let's not get carried away okay there it is yeah there's a reason Tony's that good at guitar, and it's just say that it's making up for a few things. <laughs> One thing specifically. Gotcha. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. This is cool. I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you coming and checking out what we're working on this here at the Nug Nation. Really, really cool. Um, yeah. It's a super exciting week because we rolled out the new single this week, man. Bing. And uh, man, I wanted to. Bang? What? Did you bing? He said the word bing. Ah. He said the word bing. I can bing if I want to. What do you fucking care? So um, I want to talk about Evergroove. I want to talk about you guys going into this is year 13 or year 13. You're in the 13th year. We just celebrated 13. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Like, so what would you say has been the biggest change to Evergroove since you guys started 13 years ago? Like, what is the biggest difference now to when you first started out? Did you just start out in your basement? Did you oh. just... Say, because I don't... 
I don't really know about the beginnings of the studio. We came to you three years ago, so you were yeah. 10 years in. You know what I mean? You had already gotten so much of it uh so much of it figured out like what would you say is the biggest <laughs> it, like <laughs> like how far have no, you yeah. come in that time like um, what did it look it like it actually back goes back farther than 13 years i started teaching myself audio in 99 okay and through through various avenues this of, is when you were playing right uh i hadn't even i mean i was i wasn't in bands at that time but i mean i was still a player um so this uh, is after you had already stopped. I was a player. Was this a is player. like after you stopped playing in bands altogether? Yeah, like Jenny and I did some moving around the country, following jobs and stuff like that. And then we kind of got tired of doing that. And so during, during all of that, I wasn't playing in bands. Because like, you, you were moving. We, we moved to Memphis and we were in Memphis for a year. And then we moved to like far northern California and, and where there's nobody and just focusing on work. And then, Like where in northern California? Uh, there's a little town about two and a half hours north of San Francisco called Ukiah. <laughs> okay. And there's a there was a Masonite manufacturing facility there. Masonite did like hardboard siding and they do like doors. Like right, right, right. Hollow core doors. And, and um, is this like up around the, the Oregon border, like near like Klamath little, Falls it's, and it's, stuff like that? No, not quite that far. Oh, okay, um, cool. But up in Mendocino County. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, Aaron gets it. So oh, it's just good pitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just appropriate. Um, so point being, like, I was still playing guitar, but I wasn't active in bands. Right, right, right. Um, and it, I'm trying to. It's, it's a. It's potentially a long story. I'm trying to. We got time, it. man. Um, we got just, time. Funny just, thing is, like, I always wanted to learn audio, and I almost went to college for it, but then I got tied up in other jobs, and so then we moved. Anyway, let's fast forward a little bit. We moved to Colorado, and and kind of feeling a bit comfortable, and so I was like, I'm gonna. Man, I wanted to do this thing. I'm going to start teaching myself. And I had met someone who worked back when Keyboard Exchange was open. I don't think they're open anymore. Keyboard it, Exchange? Yeah, it was over, uh, where was that? It was near 6th and not what. Uh, that is before my time. Yeah. What year are we talking about here? It wasn't that long. It was 99. Okay. Yeah, 99, because well, when we moved here. Okay. Anyway, he, he gave me an employee discount, and I got an interface and just kind of like dove in. Anyway, so I, I just kind of fast forward, and we moved from Boulder to Evergreen, and we were looking for a house with some property with, an, with a building that we could convert. Like, we had a plan at that point. But the plan wasn't to actually have Evergreen the way it is now. What was the plan? Amazing. Well, I was like, well, well, we'll find a small – we'll have a small outbuilding that we'll convert, and which we'll is kind of like ease, ease into this thing. Well – Find the, find the house that we're at. Um, had a two-car garage with a shop, so an oversized garage. And originally we were – and you've, you've been there. So originally we were just going to move – we're going to leave the garage and just move the studio into the shop. So just right, like right. that live room area was going to be a live room and a control room. So Evergreen was going to be like a third of what it is now. Oh, really? And we started looking at this thing, and I was talking to um acoustic guy online. His name's Wes Show, and, and we were throwing some ideas around and – Jenny and I realized, like, if we want to actually do this for real, otherwise it's just going to be a joke in a way. Like, not that you can't do right. You dove all you dove all the way in. Then we went headfirst. So at this point, what kind of what kind of bands are you working with prior to this build? When you guys go all in, are you just doing Uh, some acoustic stuff, rock bands, mostly remote stuff at friends' houses? Oh, like, like bringing an interface and some mics and like a yeah. preamp or whatever. And, and we had, to be fair, like I had built a small home studio in our basement that for, from our first house. We like just put a thing in and just started 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff. just early digital recording yep. types of setups, and it. it uh, I Kyle Jones actually gave me a great analogy once. Is mm-hmm. he he started getting it? You know, he runs. Um, he runs the studio where they did um, Handlebars by... Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Flowbots. Flowbots. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went over to visit him because we were working on a white fudge thing, and he had cool. started getting into modular synthesizers. Nice. And he talked about yeah. it, and he was like, he's like, it's it's just like starting a studio or building a train set. He was like, you buy one piece of equipment, and then mm-hmm. it's like... Oh man, you know it'd look it'd look really cool if I got the bank to go in the town and and I got the little jail where the bank robbers exactly. have to go and yeah. I, you know the people are going to need absolutely correct. Yeah, yes. they're going to need a little you, you general have your, store. Uh, you have your entry drug and it just builds from there. Right from yeah. there. Yeah. And like a model train set, uh, nobody wants to listen to you talk about audio either. It's wild. <laughs> right. That You're is like so very true. Yeah, super excited <laughs> this, about it. At this point everyone's already tuned out. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're like You're oh, like oh, oh my god, listen to the snare, listen to the snare and they're like that Sure is a snare drum. Cool. No, no, no. People, Click. people who do like people who do give a shit about audio are going. Yes, finally yeah, talk right? about it. <laughs> but like, so. like I have to. You know, you use the word truncated. I have to truncate a lot of my stories when I go home to like. You know, Sarah goes, "What have you been up to?" Or Sing. how are things going with the band? It's just like, <laughs> oh, we're just working on this thing. You know, yeah. and and it's or like I get really excited, yeah. like I'm like, oh, we've got the Evergroove guys coming down today, and they're bringing a piece of equipment that'll allow us to live stream it and do multiple signals at the same time and do things. And on you our see, the, you like, see the gloss up there, oh, yeah. dude, instantly. And it's not like condescending. Exactly. It's not like no. I know more than you. It's like I know that you're genuinely not interested in this, and that's okay. Like, it's fine. It's people <laughs> yeah. are excited about yeah. different things. Yeah, yep. absolutely. You know, <laughs> like it, it, and anyway, so. So, um, so at this point, mm-hmm. you're you're doing again, it, it, pretty pretty standard rudimentary digital recording setup, mics yeah. and, and things like that. And you guys are recording in the shop up at the house, like no. And had, uh, once were, we once we moved, um, I would go out and like do. I would still go out and do remote work and bring it back and like mix it right, and up in the loft. Oh, up in the loft at the house, okay, really? Because, yeah. I mean, you oh, guys right. you guys have a cozy little cabin in the woods. <laughs> it's it cabin, is meant yeah. for two people. Like, it is it is a pretty minimalist set, set up, and it's perfect for you guys. To, but, to, be, to, be, to be, yeah, it's, it's uh, there's a whole basement that people don't realize exists. And that's your space. That we've, we've gutted and redone, and that's... <laughs> That's Jenny and I. That's like, the baller ass space. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. Correct. <laughs> and then the, the upstairs area is, so really the upstairs area yeah, is man, just the go, part that you guys open up to bands when they come stay up there? Yeah. So I, if you, when, you, so when you went up the stairs, too. like I used to have a, a desk up there with monitors and I had a little digital mixer and like screwing around with that stuff and just a lot of experimenting on just like learning mic placement and like I, right. I spent a lot of time focusing on theories and like really understanding recording just diving into mm-hmm. other people's techniques yeah and then learning some of my own um yeah but the the studio thing was like when, when we talked to wes and uh we we f- actually flew him out it's gonna lean back up when we talked to wes he gave us a price on designing and i, I remember this moment jenny i remember this moment pretty clearly and and, and I mean, we all we all know from articles in science, like memories are flawed, but there's a moment, like there's a moment in time. We said, we need to go to dinner and talk about this. And there's a cool little Italian. That's a big number. <laughs> yeah. There's a cool little, there's a cool Italian spot in, uh, in Conifer called Madwell's, uh, JJ Madwell's. And so we went there and we, we sat down, we're sitting across from each other and we're, we've got his contract and we're looking at this contract and we're like, well, are we going to do this for real? 
It's kind of like, are you going to or get off the pot? Right, right, right. right what right. are we going to do? You can say shit. It's YouTube. Oh, maybe my mom's watching. <laughs> mom. If your mom Sorry, is watching mom. this podcast, she like, might. I, well, she might. She's, she's not going to like what she finds if she digs deep enough. My mom's freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. She's right, pretty so blue. Yeah, it's she's like, are we gonna, are we gonna, are we gonna shit or get off the pot? Like, what are mm. we gonna do? Um, and we said, let's go for it. And so we we called Wes the next day and said, let's go for it. And then he goes, all right, I just need a deposit. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. Right, right, right. And right. it immediately starts. But man, um, he flew out, and so back then it was a garage, and we opened the garage door. We, so we pick up Wes from the airport, come on down, and we open up the garage, and he. Well, for the load them in the house, and there used to be a guest room downstairs. Like the house was totally different, and um, so he set up downstairs. He's like, "All right," so we set up like a folding table, opened the garage door, and he just sat right there, just inside the garage, and just said, "All right, I'm going to work on it." And he just sat there and he just stared out, like into the space. Like if you walk out of the studio, <laughs> no out. Right, right, right. And he started by staring out and taking in the whole landscape first. He was out there, but we kept <laughs> like just peeking out the window, it. like, "What's he?" What's he doing? Is he was he visualizing st- it. Is he still there? He was building it in his yeah. brain. And then he, he, four hours later, roughly, he comes in, he goes, I got it. You want to see it? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, come on. So we go out there and it's a table. And then, and back then he would, um, he would do all his blueprints by hand. That's so cool. So he already had like a rough blueprint. He already had like this blueprint grid paper stuff. Yeah. And he already had it drawn out. He goes, there it is. And it was like that. It's so simple, but so, or maybe it was obvious to him. We were going through all sorts of bl- plans that were just like, because well, I, I was trying to. What do. I really like about the space mm-hmm. is how modular it is. You know, it's like you've got you've got the control room, and yep. then you've got the tracking room, and it's like you can move pieces around yeah. as you need to. Absolutely. You know, that big room becomes whatever you need it to be. That's right. Even the studio, and then the studio is designed for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sitting there comfortably and yep. working on the project and making it sound the best it can and making it the most creatively conducive stage uh, uh, room it can be in. Right. And then yep. there's like one little storage closet, and that's it as far as the actual con- like footprint of the building. Right. And you can get so much out of that room. Right. Now, maybe I'm hallucinating this, but didn't earlier on when we went to see you, didn't you say that this had some relationship to God City? Yeah, I'm careful about that because cause Kurt's got his own space and I and I don't Well, I don't, but I mean I but it's pick, but it's like, part of his and Kurt's but it's amazing. part of his resume. Like I don't I, right. I don't want to coattail, but the point I think that, it, I think it's important to speak to what this guy's level of expertise is. Is the only reason I bring it up. Sure. No, what, so Wes Show designed God City, and Kurt was finishing up God City Studios about the time that we were kicking ours off. Right. And um, and what is God City known for? Just to give people some context. Converge. Converge. Chelsea yeah. Grin. Chelsea Grin. Yeah. Or not. Sorry. Not Chelsea Grin. Chelsea Wolf. Or Chelsea. Oh, really? <laughs> Very Chelsea different. Wolf. So, Very different. So, so sorry, you Grin. guys. Sorry, uh, Wolf. So is it is it the same footprint or it's just the same? Well, the the, the thing at that time, like that, Wes as an at Wes as a designer, like most designers, he has a he has a vibe and he has a style and he has an appearance, right? And so at that time, his studios looked a certain way. And right. so if you look at Wessel Show Studios from, you know, right around 2006, um, they look a lot like an Evergroove. Right. And there are times when I've seen photos of a God City on Facebook, and I'm like, I don't, like, it's a picture of a pedal board, but you can tell, like, you can tell yeah. it's our, diff- like, the diffuser right. wall design. <coughs> and I'll go like, who, what band is that? Like, I don't know who is that. Is that one of ours? No, like, I don't recognize that pedal board, because... <laughs> 
I don't know, you just remember, I don't know, running a business, you remember everything comes through. But So you, I'm like, what is that? And you go, oh, it's Kurt's spot. You moved down to the, <laughs> right, oh, right, right. Down to the caption. It's like, had a great weekend at God City Studios. Like, oh, like, crap. crap. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a really, really similar design because it's done by the same designer. So is that what you consider, when that construction was complete, is mm-hmm. that what you consider day one of, like when you count the 13 years that you've right. been in business, is that what you count as day one was the day that that was finished and you got in there and started doing stuff? So thir- <clears throat> so for us, it wasn't the day that we were done because we were finished building um, probably June. But then was like there's, and there's like some wiring and then like final touches and then right. put a band in the room to test it out and then like feeling kind of good about it. Right. Um, we went to, we consider, uh, like roughly, it was right around September 7th, we went to, um, in Fair Play, they used to have the South Park Music Festival. Right. And it was cool. They had, like, industry panels at this big, big log house mansion thing where you go and hear people talk about audio. And, in Fair Play. And then band, yeah, it was really cool. And bands, wow. and we consider, our, the day that we opened was like, because we went to a festival as a business mm-hmm. and we had business cards and like that for us that was kind of like and you're just going soliciting one. artists at this point yeah. Yeah, just we to just like just to come in and yeah. try out your space cold call yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just cold calling beating on doors so to speak right um, but we started building what's interesting is, is we started building in 2003 because we did most of the work ourselves we didn't open until 06 oh okay cool three year build so here's something that's kind of popping out in my head as I'm listening to this is this sounds like a lot of work and a lot of investment of time and resources for a hobbyist. Right. So you must have had some sort of compelling business vision for doing this that made you want to take it from yeah. just having your home digital recording set up mm-hmm. to jumping in to doing this studio. What was the decision that made you think that that you wanted to like go in and like really go all the way and and invest into creating an, an amazing because it is an amazing studio. Man. Thank you, thank yeah. you very much. Like we're very proud to have recorded there. Thank you. I'm yeah. proud to have you all there. It's, yeah, we it's, we it's don't sincere. shut the fuck up about it. I love Good. that space thank a you. lot. Thank you. So t- t- tell tell me about that. Like sure. that decision. So the decision really was in chasing some of those jobs that Jenny and I were chasing. Um, and and in during that time, I'm teaching myself how to record because I've got the day I've got a day job. And like I said, we were feeling. And kind what of, was your day job at this time? Actually, I was a um, enterprise level server administrator. <laughs> oh man! For international paper, Media One, ATT Broadband. Oh wow! Yep, he was a nerd. Just like running and maintaining servers. Is that I what was you on? Did? A, I was on a team setting up of, servers. I was on a team of five. It was me and four other guys, and um, we had an amazing team and did um, server support. We just uh, server farms like six hundred servers. Wow. That we maintain. So you've always had a, something of a tech acumen, mm-hmm. then. So yeah. that that translates very well into like your knowledge of of gear and mm-hmm. systems and everything that you do over at Evergroove. And interestingly enough, to that, a lot of that experience, like we learned from from working for big corporations, we learned what can work, and right? What you should just never do to your employees, right? Like, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> like no, the for people real that you work with, and like. Or hey, just make sure you follow up or answer the phone or right, do right, right. Do kind of stuff. But, but so to that, um, I had been laid off, and the thing that jump started the project was, um, I got a small severance, and the severance didn't even cover the full build. 
Right. But so we looked at this severance and what do we want to do with what it? What do we want to do with it? And we could put it in the bank and I could go get another IT job. But the reality was, is, is I went to school for music. I wanted to originally be a studio engineer. I almost went to school okay. for that. So Jenny admitted, this is really, uh, this is a, a crucial point too. She's like, you haven't been yourself in a while. Right. You hate your job. Right. Don't go back to that. Right. And so we said, well, let's make a future for ourselves. Let's start, stop relying on other people for income. Right. Say. Let's start our own business. It'll be a long haul. It's the arts business. Like, you're in music. Like, starting a, mu- a business in music is like... Right. It's, no, no one starts a studio to get rich. Yeah, no it's, it's a fool's a errand, but it is a ton of fun. It's... Oh, my God. Yeah. So much. It's that the decision to do... To open a studio and to and to just kind of take some chances, right, has taken me place. I never thought it would. Well, and and I didn't re- see, and I guess what I didn't realize is I didn't realize that you that your your education was in uh, was in engineering and and music and all of that. Anyway. Well, in music primarily. So, and that's another like the whole computer thing. I just. I needed a job. Right. I realized that even though and I went to... And that was to, I, an industry that was hiring a lot of people, especially in the 90s. Yeah. So yeah. I realized I didn't want a guitar performance degree because at that time I was either going to be a session musician in Nashville, New York, or L.A. Right. And I didn't want to do that. I don't so. think I've heard you play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear you play guitar. Um, in fact, I think when we do, I think, Gordo, I want to make a mental <laughs> note. And when we do the homies shout out at the end of the episode, I want to include something that brad recorded on so keep that as a mental oh, note boy. like like this, be thinking towards the end of the episode of something that you'll want to like add on for the for the final for the, sure the, the post-production be. version you'll have to yeah. listen to and to, if all else fails we do have a guitar in the other room we do have a guitar well, in the other room just because i so we might put it in your hand and embarrass the shit out of you live on just because i went to school for two and a half years for guitar <laughs> performance doesn't mean that I have what I had. Listen, um, I just couldn't decide on a look. major. It was either that or baking. I couldn't. It was honestly, <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, I guess where we were going with all that was we decided to kind of take that into our own hands. Did now? Did you have? You mentioned after college having an interest in being an engineer was yep. that something like a, like a passion that you had for a long time or is something you just had an interest in like it's kind of a passion like I, I i i was like a lot of like a lot of young guitar players like i would chase tones right and, but i noticed that i chased them a bit more aggressively right. than my friends right they're like oh i just got this cool PV at a garage sale and it sounds great. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> so, I, I mean, guitar. So, like, do you a, hate Tony's PV Bandit when he rocks on that thing? No, a little nostalgic. <laughs> I do. You hate <laughs> do that you? thing? I think that thing sounds, dude. That's the, he I, can he can make it sound pretty good, honestly. But he gets yeah, so much does, shit for it, like guitar. But like when we go when we go <laughs> play for people and they've never heard us before, they kind of look at Tony's setup and they go. Who the fuck is this guy? And then oh, he gets on and does does his thing, and they're like, and he just shreds. Does nobody tell him? Like, <laughs> yeah, he, right. oh, he's like Rain Man. He's I like, uh, get yep, it. Yep. It's my question. About he's like, this is the amp yeah. I like. So, um, well, so I, I, so Jenny and I actually went to. This is how close I got to going to school for engineering. So at the time we were living in North Texas, we got in a car and drove to Nashville. And I toured Middle Tennessee State University, which had a, which still has a great recording program. But the cool thing about MTSU is they had a, um, um, audio production and then uh, like music business. Okay. And then being right outside of Nashville 
and, a, and a, I had made an acquaintance that graduated from music business and she was, she was working at Warner Brothers at the time doing cool stuff. I was like, oh, that could be cool. And so we went and then um, came back and I applied at the same time I got um, asked to do like technical writing or something for a buddy's <laughs> startup software, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Already on. And you're right. And it, you know, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then it kind of <laughs> went from there. Like right, I didn't right, go right. to school for computers either. Right, 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 no, right, it's, right. It's, it's just always it's something you just learn by doing. I just, I'm going to do that and then we'll figure that Dude, out. Dude, I think we might see the end of universities within a few generations. I think we might see the end of it. That's I think we might. I, I think we might see. No, seriously, I think we might see a way to change the education process in general, like, and to mm-hmm. be able to track people's progress and their knowledge on and their mastery right. of subjects. Oh, that that's like, like I agree. Like I, I can see a change in that, but at the same time, um, universities are starting to offer audio engineering programs at an alarming rate. Right. And build millions of dollars with like these million dollar facilities. Right. And graduate kids into uh, an industry that isn't necessarily, you don't go and apply for a job. Right. We've talked about this a little bit. You have to be driven. You have to be a self-starter. You have to get out and like beat the Well, and you have to meet to, people. Like, and so much, so much of yep. it, so much of it is relationships. And when you talk to people and you go, how did you get this job? They go, oh, I just hung out a lot. And then they like, taught me how to do stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm saying in general, like right. with general education, I think it's just going to change and it's going to be a lot more uh, a la carte. Sure. You know? I would welcome that. Um, really you know, I, I, I do think, I think it would be cool to, it like, the way like a liberal arts degree used to work where you just got this like well-rounded education, mm-hmm. I think we'll see more like package education like that where it'll be like oh i want to do like some sort of humanitarian package so i'm going to learn about all these things and all these things and all things and i'll do a little time in the peace corps nick. and i'll go on and do this uh, uh, an artist we work with nick vaughn big shout out to nobody nick vaughn graduated uc boulder and he created his own degree really he went to him and he was like look see i think this look, is gonna- look 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 here's what i want to do and they were like yeah, well, let's maybe add a little to that and add a little to that. Like, yeah, That'll probably be what ends up happening with the universities then is they'll, they'll, they'll do the accreditation, yeah. but they'll, they'll work to create systems that are more designed to people just like creating their own yeah. specialty. At the same time, though, and I am very comfortable saying this, that I would be very – I would welcome that uh, change to education as well, but I will always want my doctor to have – you know, gone to years of Don't medical get school. Over it. Not not no, a YouTube medical not, school. I do not want That's my doctor the... designing their own medical degree. I want my doctor <laughs> going they, to medical school right, and getting yes. a medical degree. Surgeons are now remotely, but that's what I'm saying. The remotely uni- working on people. That's what I'm saying. But though. right, they, they still have to learn they're, how to do they're that. Logging, always, they're logging in and like joysticking. Yeah, robots and lasers and shit. I'd be pretty much I fine with anybody probably... getting up in me, just working around. That'd be fine. You know, as long as they. I enough. don't know why I'm sticking up for the Pay entire medical money. field here, but apparently that's my job today. But <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I'm kidding. But, but that's why I'm saying is like there will probably there will definitely be a need for some sort of governing administrative body that oversees the accreditation up to certain standards, and then you know like like that like right, the, uh, HIPAA is going to have right. to <clears throat> is going to have to approve what makes someone able to perform surgeries sure. on people. But I'm just saying like. I think the need for the uh, brick and mortar facilities where mm-hmm. you go and you are 
taking the classes that they think that you should take to get the certain number of credits, and it, I just think it's going to function much differently. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, but one of the things I also wanted to get to is part of what you've been able to do since doing this studio, and and you mentioned learning how to treat employees through what you learned working for big corporations mm-hmm. is you are able to mentor a lot of people. You have, that's how Ethan came to you, right? Is you came to Evergroove as an intern or you oh, came? No, no, not an intern. No, no you just I came s- right in as a, as a, as a for hire engineer. Uh, no. Well, let's talk, <laughs> let's God, talk about, it's so, it's all right, so let's get this out on that. the table. All let's right. talk about this. All right. Listen, all right, everyone. Here we go. Fine. Listen, fine, here you, go. you asked me and Brad are dating. Okay. <laughs> there, there it is. Sorry, Sorry mom. Sorry. And Furthermore, and no. we don't think it's any and of your business. I, and That's frankly, right. I don't know why you're asking about it. <laughs> Can you um, believe this? Unbelievable! I can't unbelievable. believe it. Unbelievable! No, okay. So, so I'm standing up. So no. realistically, how did you how did you come to in, to be in Evergroove's employ? So what's funny is that, and Brad and I talk about this a lot, is that our stories are hilariously similar as to our like background background to starting an audio. Like I also went background background. Hang loose. Um, I also went to... Hanging uh, loosely in the background. Yeah, exactly. So hang on loosely. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good song. That was, and, That's uh, a good one. Again, pitch on point. And a good today. lesson. I'm really, yeah. So uh, I went to music school for a couple of years, and then I left uh, music school and decided to eventually found my way through getting day jobs and everything to going for uh, engineering for real. And... Um, the last day job I had before I decided to go for audio engineering full time was uh, working as a marketing copywriter for a company called Rally Four, which helped uh, nonprofits uh, fundraise. Basically, we uh, well we sold digital technology to nonprofits to help them fundraise. I guess is more accurate. So <laughs> when I left that company and decided to uh, go for audio engineering full time, I contacted Brad and basically said, uh, "Listen." Yeah. And this is, you know, I'm glad it worked out. But I, I <laughs> basically nice said, I'm yeah, glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked that out. That being said, that being said, <laughs> I basically said, uh, here are some holes in your marketing that I think that I can help you fill. Um, oh, really? In return, hire me as an audio engineer and, like, you know, let me shadow you for a while while I work full time that's for you a doing fair deal yeah it's a, wor- it's a work trade it was a work trade that's yeah. really cool and so uh, in return Brad instead of in lieu of in lieu of pay and other and things, other things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brad uh, gave me like free studio time and stuff so I started building my own client base and getting people to up into the studio okay. to work with and building my own client base that way and eventually over time, Brad came to trust me in uh, enough to, you know, have me take. How, how long have you been sessions. with Brad for? It's almost two years now. To be clear, I didn't two trust years. you. I just didn't have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I just needed some help. <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't able to. I had a, to I had a, I had a, I had a family emergency. I couldn't reschedule the client. Yeah. Like you just. <laughs> That's really I'm, great. Okay, man. I totally trusted you. Yeah, so I basically just came out with a lot of confidence and was like. Here's what I can do for you. Right. Um, hire me. And Brad was nice enough to say, uh, "Let's get dinner." It, and it, so then you know, I well, just the really first, the first interaction was you said, "I, I want to be your intern." And I oh said, right. I said, but I, I knew you did marketing. Right. 
We are a married couple. We are married. Right, right. right. We finished each other's sandwiches. Oh my god, gross. When Um, we met, I love this story. I love when. But I because we have a very we have actually really strict intern policy. Okay. Um, What is your strict intern policy? We only accept students that are a part of a degree or certificate program from an accredited college or university that require the internship. Okay. As a condition of completion. Okay. So. Well, I've almost memorized that. Cool. Yeah, um, really good. And so I said, I can't take you as an intern, but you have something I need. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's And I said, better. what? <laughs> you really invite, so you really invite collaboration and mutually mentoring relationships. I do. Like, you know, you have Ethan comes in, he gets free studio time, he helps you out with marketing. You got Ethan Klein in there who's like, you know, gets to have a studio to practice his craft as as in broadcasting mm-hmm. and and video engineering and <laughs> I mean what would what would you say that you go like is is the symbiotic relationship that you have with Brad, Ethan? Um, I get to test all this new technology that my company's making, and um, we get to do it capturing like amazing musical performances. Right. So that's where the craft comes in. Because you're mostly involved with like the Evergroove Live video series that comes out, and uh, our motherfucking Monday series. Check it out on the YouTube yeah. channel. Yep. The two. Yeah, we did two seasons of that bitch. Thirty-two songs, man. We should do more. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should I, totally do more. So okay. Uh, so so much fun. We can we can actually jump into some of the st- stuff that I've been excited to tell you guys. Really about. quick though. Yeah yeah yeah. Ethan Klein was an intern too, and then my assistant. Okay, for two so years. you started yeah. out as oh, you were his assistant for two years. Yeah yeah. Okay, so like so I'm taking over. I'm just slowly absorbing. Well, every Ethan gets absorbed into the amorphous <laughs> mass. Yeah. If of your name's Evergreen. Ethan and you want an internship, yeah. give me the, the, no, the, no, the Ethan entity, the the Ethanity. Ooh. Uh, so, so, but there's there's been set like you invite collaboration, like you invite a lot of people where it's like, let's figure out a way that you can help advance our mission, and I will in turn give you resources that I have to help you advance well, we all, we all your win, mission, right? And, right, and and when one of us wins, we all win. Now, was that so. was that part of your initial mission when you set up Evergroove, or that was out of necessity because you just I, needed um, help to get it going? I couldn't even think that far ahead, man. Right, like. We uh, by by sheer circumstance because right. a lot of well, I guess when we launched our first website, studios weren't really doing the SEO thing, and they weren't really doing like the really online marketing. It was thing. pretty new, like putting yeah. really getting into right. what you can do with content on your site and, just, and social media wasn't really a thing yet. Dumb luck. We had a page on our website titled "Recording Studio Internship," and it was an article that we wrote. About <laughs> our internship program awesome. that, right. we would that nobody had participated like, in yet. No, I mean, we were just like, that's going to happen. It exists. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we started getting all these inquiries. Right. And I went, why? So I went to Google and I punched in recording studio interns, and it was right at the top of the page. I was like, oh, because we weren't getting local people. Right. We were getting students from Ohio and like a New York or, I mean, just. Wanting to enter, I thought, which I thought was really interesting. So because that, that because was, there was there was at that time there wasn't as much available for students. Is that what it was? No, the st- students were starting to utilize the internet even more. So like, well, I need an st- I need an internship for school, right? Uh, and and the ones that wanted a different experience were just searching Google in general for recording studio internship, right? And the very first probably top three sites that came up 
He probably you guys were in the top hitting. three sides. We were probably, number one. They probably had the highest domain. How do you think that happened? It's called domain authority. It's just we 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 it's had called the, domain. Atho- explain that to me. Yeah. I don't know. So basically, and I might be talking out of my ass here. It's been a while since I've read an article about domain authority, but. Um, Basically, what probably happened is that because they had an article about a recording internship program before basically anybody else, because other recording studios would have started getting websites later, then you guys were just just early adopters of the technology. It's just organic. 2006 is kind of early internet to a certain It's still pretty early. Dude, you guys were very early adopters of the technology. It was not on purpose. No. That's because you guys are tech nerds and ahead of the curve. And it it still comes in handy when our internet shits out this week and Brad can jump behind a modem and figure it out real quick. Right. Yeah, you'll notice the first thing I do is not call CenturyLink. Right. By the way, which is CenturyLink? Fix your shit, dude. I Seriously. don't even get me started. Dude, I hate, I hate CenturyLink, CenturyLink so, so bad. much, <laughs> so bad. But I we all have Jesus CenturyLink. Christ. I know, and that we can't let it turn into this. So dude, my okay. phone network, anyway. my yeah. phone network works fast. All I'm going to so say weird. is that my phone network works faster than my Wi-Fi, yeah, and I've called them multiple. When it, my Wi-Fi is going out, anyway, I use my phone as a hotspot. Fuck Century, dude. Watch, they're just going to pull the plug on this feed. They're like, hey, fuck us. Fuck you! <laughs> Bing. <laughs> well, if you don't like us, <laughs> uh, if we suck so bad, kajunk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're 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 a bunch of geeks. Oh, we really are, and, and we geek about it. Just it's just well, tech, but tech, it tech, it tech. it. So I went up there after you the build. Really I else. went up there after the build, and it shows uh, like you guys and your. That's right. Um, you saw the debut. I, I, mm. saw, I saw the debut, yeah. and just like. It's awesome to see how neurotic you guys are down to a detail of the equipment. You know what I mean? Like sure. you guys have you guys are so into technology and you're so into creating sounds and 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 you're like chasing tones like you said earlier. Right. It shows up in every single little detail of the studio. And then when people and I get in there who don't know anything about the technology, it's just like it's like being in a fucking spaceship, man. Good. Good. It's like anything we want to do, you're like, "Yep, I can make that happen. Just give me one second and bam, 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 bam. You slap a bunch of shit together and 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 we're off to the races, man. Or I want to create this sound. It's like, okay, well, this would have been the miking technology at the time, and we're right. gonna do that. Like one of the things that we did that I was really excited about when we first went in mm-hmm. and started recording with you. And 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 I and I want to get into the stuff about our relationship and our recording process and kind of what we're doing now and what the future is for things that we're working on because I think it's really excited and I think that um, I think bands that are twenty years younger than us uh, I think we can save them a lot of time with a lot of the things that we've learned but. Uh, I remember when we went in and we were talking about the different sounds we wanted to get. Yeah. You went in and just went, okay, well, let's set up this many mics so that we can take mics away if we need to. And if we want something to have an older, more four-track sound, we'll drop down to four mics. Or if we want to create, like, we mic'd the room with that in mind from the very beginning of the project. Right. And that's just, like, one example of kind of 
the way you think about process and the way you think about detail and the way you think about creating sounds and it was it was it was something that i noticed right away when we went up there and started working cool thank you yeah man the i i forget where i read this um but but being being a bit more geeky and just i, I did a lot of reading uh leading up to opening the doors i read somewhere that forget who said it but it was make the studio transparent mm-hmm. The studio should be transparent. So if the artist says, and you pointed it out, and thank you for kind of validating, that was really cool. <laughs> it's like, hey, I want to do this. And you're like, uh, yeah, when we say, uh, no problem, Let me, I'll make that happen. Even though the whole time, Ethan and I are behind the console going, crap. How do we do that? How do we do, How that? Do, we do that? Right. <laughs> but but it, you never say, yeah. you never say, to, to those that are thinking about opening studios or getting the customer service business, unless it's just dangerous or ludicrous or whatever, then you can say, no, that's not a good idea because you just go, yes, and. Yeah, yeah. It's that improv thing. So, uh, hey, I want to do this. Uh, yeah. And uh, just give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you kind of you know, shuffle around, wrap a cable as you think through it in your head, and then the band will go off and, and talk about how cool this is going to be, and that gives you a lot of time yeah. to solve that problem. Right. Instead of, I don't think we can do that. I love... I'm going to have to... Right. Yeah, it's such a vibe killer. That's or that'll, sa- that'll sound like shit, or that'll suck, or... Or just, dude, I'm not set up for that. And or, if you yeah, start, I don't know how to or, do I mean, we'll the, figure it out. The thing about being in the studio is that if you start compromising uh, like about creativity at that early stage in the process, the oh, entire yeah. uh, process is going to be yeah. flawed from there on out. I like how the, the tracking room is like this workspace. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in there, and it's like... You feel comfortable with like, oh, you know what we should do? We should work on this part of the song. So let's move this thing in here and we'll push yeah. that in the middle of the room. And, and man, what are we trying to get as far as amp tone? Let's grab this amp mm-hmm. or or let's pull this fucking organ out of the corner. And oh, just, yeah. And, yeah. You know, like when we had Vaughn play on that A floor. Oh, that was you know? so cool. Yep. It was so cool. Too bad we're not going to end up using that song. But I know, I know, I know. That's that's a that is an off mic conversation, but uh, yeah, that's a, a bummer. But um, what I what I mention what I mention about uh, you guys a lot when we talk about Evergroove on the show is I mention how you guys are like producing engineers, you know how so many studios you go to, mm-hmm. and it's someone just sitting at the board who is trained to just do whatever the client or the producer says and that's it just yeah. like I don't push buttons until you tell me to I don't do anything that you don't ask me to do right which is kind of the default it seems like for a lot of studios Gordo did you run into that before you started like recording on your own at home cuz you do all the granny tweed stuff now right yeah yeah was that mostly just out of like like curiosity of wanting to learn it or was a big it's part of that very like going similar to, to, uh, to what these guys are talking about I just had an interest in it on my own and I, I did you know I did intern a couple of times at a couple of studios and kind of learned I kind of saw what the what the business side was all about and the you know and the engineering side but um, but yeah ultimately going back to what you were saying Brad uh, most of the stuff I learned is from working with other bands yeah and like figuring out what they wanted and figuring out how to get that right and that i've learned way more from that than any class i've taken or any book i've read or Mm -hmm. anything like that like 
that's that's what it really pushes your boundaries and you're like oh wow can i do that let's see if we can do that right exactly. right you know? right i didn't even think about trying it because i don't exactly. live in this person's well, brain and they yeah. have different objectives yeah. artistically and yeah i record a lot of my own music and like you know if i don't think of it then you know it doesn't happen but if i right. work with somebody else it's like oh yeah, of course. Let's try that. One right. thing Brad so. taught me early on that I've really lent back on a whole lot is that um, if the artist hears something, they're hearing something. Mm-hmm. It, basically, yeah. that's all it boils down to. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> And it comes up a lot in mix recall, especially in that stage, when <laughs> somebody is like, can you just... I just I want to hear the guitar be a little bit uh, poofier and then like also smaller, but then like with a little bit more size. That is such a hard thing to and, try and communicate. Right, to and it's like and and you have to and you have to just study yourself and be like, all right, it's not that they don't know what they're asking for; they know exactly what they're asking. They for. just they don't they have the language. Don't fucking know how to explain it, and that's like I know, asked. I asked one time. Uh, when we were working on Thieves of Thunder, I asked for, I was like, I just want this one to sound dustier. <laughs> and yeah. now, yeah. now having like yeah. worked with you guys and learned more about how to communicate mm-hmm. those ideas properly, I've like learned better ways to communicate. And, right. and, and I think that I think that it's important for any artists who are watching this or listening to this now to know that probably what I have found is the best way to communicate it, and maybe you guys understand, and maybe you guys know a better way, but the way I communicated a lot of ideas with you is just through reference material. I loved that. Is yeah. is just going like, we want this song to sound like this section, uh, or this song off Metallica Ride the Lightning. Right. We want this song to sound like... Uh, agnostic front cause for alarm. We want this song to sound kind of trippy and old school, like Deep Purple. Do you we guys want... have a Wilco button? Yeah, yeah, right. But <laughs> see, see that that gets the big picture. But it's really about getting <laughs> down good. to like the yeah. the distinct elements and going like, I like this guitar tone. I like yeah. the effects right. that they're using. Or like, I'll bring <laughs> up like, you know, I had trouble explaining wanting. Um, on, when we were working on Thieves of Thunder, I had trouble explaining wanting this Rob Halford style effect on oh, a vocal. Sure. You know what I mean? And yeah, then we went yeah. into the studio and it's like, oh, that's a flange with right. this and da 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 da. And we were able to kind of build those things out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I remember one day we were in the studio and all we did was while we were getting ready to track, we were just sitting around lis- listening to reference material. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like we're getting ready to mix this. It's like, it's like here's Faith No More, Angel Dust. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. like in fact, I think when we did It's a Mess, that was one of the main yep. um, pieces of reference material. Was mi- like the whole album, but particularly Midlife Crisis by Faith No More. Exactly. It's like, this is like the effects that we want from this song. Yep. This, this, these are the tones that we want to have. Re- reference material is the great, tr- the, the great translator. Yeah. Right. Because like, oh, dustier. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Dustier like what? And then what? you put it on and like the, the artist see, like, listen to those vocals. And you're like, oh. Right. Puffier and yeah. smaller. Because dustier, dustier could mean anything like we want this to sound like it was pressed to a vinyl in the 30s to like we want this to sound like it was recorded in the middle of the desert in the wild west right you know what i mean both of those would be totally valid interpretations well and i even found out that terms like 
like brighter and darker or warmer and cooler. Like when I said those, I've actually said that to you, oh, yeah. and you've been like, I, I don't that. think those mean what you think they mean. <laughs> but show me that word. But show me what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and then it's like I can bring up a song and go, this is the specific sound that I know I'm looking yeah. for on this. And you can. And I think there might be some people are embarrassed to do that because they don't want it to be known that they are mimicking. Yeah. But everything is derivative. Yeah. You know, all art, all creation is derivative. Exactly. Well, and just because you're going for the sonic palette of whatever doesn't mean that your song is going to sound like whatever. You're not, you're not going to yeah. stop using red or blue yeah. in your palette just because another artist uses red or blue in their palette. Exactly. There. You know, I, I got to ask, though, what did Dustier end up translating to? Um, it, it didn't end up working on the song. Okay. Like it didn't, it didn't end up happening. Uh, gotcha. But what I was looking for was more sixties garage MC five, okay. mm-hmm. um, type of just kind of noisy tambourine. Sure. Sound, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like I wanted, I wanted like sixties revolutionary rock sounding shit. I gotcha. gotcha. You know, did, that's the kind of creative input that can lead to a dick punch trophy. Mm. Yeah. Hey, who who will get the dick punch trophy next? I don't know. It looks great right there. It's it's in the perfect lighting right now. Didn't it go to someone else and somehow magically ended up back here? Uh I thought. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, uh, well, I mean, it ended up in my fucking closet for a long time. But but before that, it came from a number of bands and, and passed through and, and came to me through Randy. He but it pres- came on the show, and didn't you give it to somebody I on presented the show? It, yeah, I presented it to you, dude. No, but you presented it to someone else, too. I mean, yeah, you and Tony. Show, no, since the show. No, I thought no. I thought it it seemed to Here disappear from the show for a while. Here hmm. it resides. Yeah, the hmm. Dick Punch Trophy. Any old hoot. Yeah, so like that, something that and and this single that we just dropped. How long has it taken us just to get this single out? What single? Uh, Making a killing, the one that we just. <laughs> what single? You know, we three. That was three years ago. About? Yeah, it was three years. I ago. I don't think it was. Was it three? It wasn't three. It was twenty twenty. Might be going into twenty seventeen. Yeah, I it's think. been a long time. We've been we've been working on this stuff a long time. Yep. And I th- and you know, I I don't I think that the the big reason for that is because we didn't just go in and rush through the process and do come some kind of like turn and burn recording process. It's right. like we set up appointments to go up there and spend the day working on the different elements of these songs and the way that we wanted things to sound like we put a lot of time into each and every one of these songs exactly in a way that i've never done before and it's worthwhile to mention that the entire time you were also uh constantly doing other content as well and coming up to the studio to record mf mondays and doing a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of others right right we did a ton of stuff yeah well and involving the fans and friends and family like right the the gang vocals on these songs are so special yeah because we brought they're, people they're, up for the day to hang out. Yeah, but they're 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 diehard fans of the band. Right, they're family members of the band. Like, I mean, the 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 backing vocals on uh, Polyamory. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, that, the Rockettes, man. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for people to hear that one. Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and it was just like that makes it something that is like I love what I really love about your studio and just your property in general, like the space, the environment is it's like, it's like, don't just come up, check into the recording studio, pay your money, do your time and get out. It's like, oh, you should come hang. up, 
Yeah. Come up, spend the day. Mm-hmm. Let's load in the night before. Yeah. Get everything set up. We'll sit down. We'll have dinner. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what we're going to do. You can uh, stay here. Dude, that was one of my favorite things is when Tony and I stayed up there. Oh, yeah. And we got up the next day. And before we even started the session, like you went and fired up the studio and then we went for a hike. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I took yeah. you guys out on um, Maxwell Falls. Yeah, we went we went on a hike on Maxwell Falls, and and then like went into the studio just like in this headspace, just like yeah. relaxed and ready to work. And you guys make space in the cabin to like mm-hmm. hang out. And there's the wood burning stove, right. and <laughs> that right there is something that you will not find at every studio. It's like right. you guys create this environment mm-hmm. that maybe a larger place like the Caribou Ranch would be known for, like one of those famous retreat studio type hear, of setups. We do hear that a lot. Like, oh, you're like a new Caribou Ranch. Yeah. So we're careful about that because, again, we don't, we're don't. we careful to not – I don't want to be – Cross-branding. Like, like, no. Caribou our, Ranch was a Naming a ourselves after kind of like a legendary studio, but we are a retreat like spot like yeah. people can come and you can stay there we've had artists camp there or camp yeah. out on the trails but there um, are there yeah. are studios that are destination studios that are um that are practically uh speaking out of the reach of the independent musician oh, you sure. know what i mean mm-hmm. and like when when I had Blaine Cartwright on here, he was talking about how their worldwide budget has been cut by eighty percent. You know, they right. used to go record oh. at places like Palomino Studios. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they can't do that anymore because so like the industry in general is scaling down on such a major level. But you guys have been able to sustain yourselves and mm-hmm. thrive by having that destination studio feel, but keeping your pricing scaled down to something that an independent artist can afford. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you make it work so that you have such a high level of quality without having to charge people an arm and a leg? It helps that the studio is on our property. Right. We didn't take out a loan. Right. Overhead's fairly low. Right. Um, Like any business, the bigger you, not the bigger you get, the more years in business, you just kind of take on a bit more overhead, so we're always kind of checking that. Right. Like, our fizzy water budget's way out of control right now. <laughs> oh, my God. We go through so much seltzer water. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need a seltzer water sponsor. Anyone? Um, you can just get one of those uh, seltzer makers. People keep saying it. It's not the same. <laughs> Everybody who Dude, says we'll get a soda stream has never had a seltzer. We'll have to have stream. twenty canisters of the. It's stuff unbelievable. On. These people we'll have just, to have a they don't understand. To, Nobody understands. Anyway, um, let's get back to the subject. Yeah. Aaron. So uh, it does. It does help that we didn't take out a business loan. Right. One of the reasons it took three years is we would um, like that 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 severance pay that I told you about was spent almost immediately. And so we would, I would work odd jobs and we would save up money and then like, all right, well now we can buy drywall. Like when we opened our doors, <laughs> yeah, we didn't, yeah, yeah. we didn't have, we had a little, a little bit of debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy that was going to kind of help in the studio um, who decided not to. And in helping, he was going to like bring all his gear up. So we suddenly had to kind of ramp up our gear. So, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. It's that worked out fine. Right. Um, but we really didn't have the overhead. And so if, you know, if we're if we're we if pass we're, the savings on to, to you, you. Yeah. so it's uh, it's not like I'm trying to be cheap, right? We want to be affordable. 
Right. Um, well, you want to get you want to get the people up here who are going to benefit from it the most. It's and also, also I also had uh, a really good sorry. I also no, had a fine. really good point of advice from a guy who um, I was talking to um, who was looking at hiring Wesley Show. And he had a studio in, in uh, New Mexico. I think it was in Santa Fe. And he had moved up to like Leadville and was going to do something up there just because he was just moving to the mountains and just wanted to keep doing that. And we were talking about studios and pricing, and I was picking his brain. Was this he, the Stepbridge guy? Did he no, move on? Okay. I don't think so. Um, that doesn't sound right. Um, he said, well, whatever you do, be careful. Don't make the mistake I made. You, you, price, you, start, you raise your rates, you raise your rates, you raise your rates. Next thing you know, you've priced yourself out of your own market. Right. And then the local musicians can't afford you. And that sticks with me. Every time we sit around, we're like, all right, we're getting busier. Do we raise our rates? What do we do? Or is there another way to generate revenue um, without having to impact the artist? And So, so how, does that, how does that go? What is it? What do you mean? What the just the like? So, so what do you? What do you? You are at that point, right? Like you have gotten to that point where, like, you guys aren't raising your rates and raising your rates and raising your rates, and you said, "What is the other way to to generate revenue?" Right. So, what are you guys doing to keep your pricing fair? Um, well, I think that uh, I mean, first of all, we're working on keeping overhead low, right? I mean, yeah. Just basic business, like make right. sure you're controlling your expenses so that you don't have to raise your rates like all right well as we get busier and and more money's coming in the door right we're having more invoices get paid well let's you know let's put in a kegerator we're not we're not yeah. doing right. things that businesses have a tendency to do or let's go on lavish vacations or whatever we keep it right. stripped down and stuff goes um like we, we've had a really solid year we did this renovation and we put a lot of money back into equipment and converter upgrades and facilities upgrades mm-hmm. For artists, okay. For let's get into so. the let's get into the gear porn section of sure. the show. <laughs> sure, let's talk about what's new up at every. Finally, finally, <laughs> Gordo's like that's the only reason I'm here. Yeah. I have a kidney stone, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I just wanted <laughs> to hear him talk when about you, gear. When you start passing that stone, buddy, you call me and I'll just start reading off gear to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that makes it better. Oh, oh that sounds better. good. That's better. All right, so so. What did you go from? What did you go to? Just in terms of the major upgrades, like Do you want to, alphabetically. You want to field this one? Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So from <laughs> two, so you replaced so, the blank with a blank. The most important thing, and the first thing anybody walking into the room would notice, is that we replaced our console, which was a Soundcraft six thousand. Uh, great console served us for. Since the opening of the studio, and did, mm-hmm. you know, which then you went and sold, right? Hundreds like you of albums mixed through it. Where is it now? Because it's still getting used on music, which we're really so happy I, about. I feel horrible. I forget the guy's name. Um, if you're out there, I'm sorry. It was just really fast. Um, but he does fast. a lot of like you put it up and it went fast because it's well, a we good, good we console. had to dump it because I, I didn't we we, <laughs> we were gonna yeah we were gonna like list it you know Rion Reverb and Endeavor Music or whatever but you didn't have room for it. It, it we got to the point where like I need this thing gone because right. I have to tear everything out of the studio because when we renovated everything came out right yeah everything literally every single last thing there, was there wasn't empty a paper clip left no really yeah completely bare everything that was left was vacuumed up into a shop vac I mean wow empty, empty. okay and all right. So yeah, we we passed it on, but uh, that so you were just replaced. trying to minimize the 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 amount of shit that you had to move. At that well, what point. was I going to do? I can't. Like, yeah, yeah. We were like, uh, put it we, in a closet. Jenny and I were trying to think of like, well, we'll put it in our bedroom. 
leaning yeah. against yeah, yeah, yeah. the wall. No. Yeah. This six foot behemoth leaning against the wall. Like, that's not going to happen. I you could, you could hey, that would be pretty, pretty boss to just like when you put on like romantic music, you just like do Slide the mix. Up a fader. And you're just like, oh no, let's get a little more bass. Let's I wanted him to use it as the aux controller for just the home theater system upstairs, dude. Totally, <laughs> and nothing else. That's that's what? ridiculous. Oh, no, it's fader twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just bring it over so that Mono? when you have like when you have your in laws over to the house, you can like blow their minds with like right. you know. Ah, oh, Tim's got this new TV. I can't figure out the goddamn remote. Well, but you know, then you go over to Brad's house and it's like, oh god, no, I don't even want to watch TV at Brad, his house. Brad, I'm not getting any sound from the DVD player. Did you send it to Bus Four? <laughs> did you? Well, did you? no. <laughs> Take to Ox Four Channel Twelve and turn it up to seven. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Okay, there okay. you go. So what Come did on, you, you idiot? <laughs> idiot. Idiot. Right. So what did you to replace the old board with? So uh, this is really exciting. The, it's really the centerpiece of everything, which is the we oh, we dubbed so it exciting. the Fortissimo One Thousand, which is and I'll we got tell permission from the designer to do so. Yeah. So, yeah. But so Sean Kramer. Sean Kramer. Sean Kramer. Sean Kramer of Gila and the Monsters. Look of Gila and the Monsters. Also a uh, shout out there. They're great. Um, he has a shop called Fortissimo Fabrication, and he designed us and built us this insane, beautiful, custom, all steel and wood desk Damn. with uh, the oh, rough so edge cool. of the de- of the wood just built into the uh, desk, and it's just gorgeous. And with these uh, custom gearboxes mm-hmm. built into the side of the desk so that we can have all of our gear right front and center right. without it actually you know, adding any acoustic masking or anything like that from our monitors. And then a ton of new preamps, and then yeah, just a ton of new gear all throughout that desk, uh, mostly by Warm Audio, mm-hmm. who I have to say we're endorsed by. Mm-hmm. But we sought an endorsement from them because their gear sounds amazing. They do great um, stuff. Yeah, we use them yeah. for the we use them for the MF Monday season two. Yeah, you really your, can't go wrong. Your with vocal was recorded them. through. It, that's yeah. right. My vocal was recorded through Warm Audio mics. Absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out to Warm Audio. Big man. shout out. Hey Royce, yeah. these 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 are not are, warm audio. These are like WA eighty sevens. If you could be. imagine that these are WA eighty sevens, then this would sound even more beautiful. Can I tell you my favorite part about the remodel? Is, sure. is the Wi-Fi controlled lights. Oh, <laughs> that's right. So that's exciting. Like that. We have that's my 22, favorite part. 22 color changing light bulbs, and like it's not it's not a whole bunch of like. LED strips from Ikea glued to the walls or anything like that. They're just they're just nice soft color changing lights. Like you could even you could change you could do a light show for a conversation. Yeah. Like when you're about to say something really serious and important, you could just like the red lights come on or like guys I've got an idea that's right we like, that's a really good idea I, mean, <laughs> I think you that's just do. That is, I think you need idea. to use the light to punctuate conversations yeah. all the time that's and like idea. I don't know if your clients will find it as funny but you guys will laugh your asses off and, and that's really good. all that matters is that we're having a I mean there's time. yeah there's plenty yeah. that our clients don't find funny that we find right. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about your your vision for the studio going forward like you look five years into the future, what are you guys aspiring oh, for? I know the a side lot of more. Aaron. I like the side of Aaron. Yeah. I oh, like you the like the side, side of, Aaron. of Aaron? I do. Okay. It gets me thinking. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Tell me about it. Start with the, just the big picture. Just like put it up on the screen and and tell right? me about it. We want to have. Well, we want to continue to serve the local market. We want to continue to stay. Mm-hmm. God, that sounds horrible. We can want to continue to to be accessible to local artists. 
Um, we don't want to keep raising our, like, we don't want to get, I mean, would I love to charge a hundred bucks an hour? We all would, <laughs> but well, then we're going to stop working. And I get that. Mm-hmm. So while we want to stay accessible. And you're going to stop working with the people who really want it and would appreciate it the that most. That awesome I think. Right. underground music that yeah, we yeah. all want to I mean, work with. I mean, we want to stay connected to the local scene. Yeah. I mean, we, we sponsored the Three King stage at UMS for three years in a row. Right. I mean, we, we truly reinvest back into the into the and, and I've noticed the that. community and, and you do a lot of panels and you do a lot of education stuff I want to get into like at some to. point before mm-hmm. we go we're talking about that for 2020 so cool. we're looking at bringing some of those back um, we well anyway and just to so, give people just to give people context like you guys do a series of educational videos for people who are wanting to prepare for the studio or people who are wanting well to we do talk we haven't gotten own. so much in the video side but we've done um, like Recording, mixing, mastering workshops. We did a panel discussion on the music business right. that was held at Walnut Room. Um, at Mutiny Information Cafe, we did two. Yeah, I've seen, I saw one of the panels you did it. We, yeah, you saw two. We did two panels there. One was about preparing for the recording studio. <coughs> one was on crowdfunding. And it, and it was all, and it was always, our, our goal is to bring in ac- that are people that are way even, like, I don't know anything about, I mean, I, the, the part I know about crowdfunding is it either works or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then... The band is like, oh, our crowdfunding didn't come through, so we're gonna record at home. You've got to like, oh, okay, really we, yeah, hype right? it up and eventize. But it, I, you know. but we brought in people, artists that have successfully completed Kickstarter projects to talk about because I can't get up there and talk about that. So, right. so we we do reach out and we try to bring in people that are experts in their field to oh, talk cool. about that stuff instead of just you know us getting up there and be. <laughs> this right. is how you record a snare drum, and it's like that's a way to record a snare drum, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, my guy. Here's my guy. some idea. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember um, one of the things I learned from, uh, and this is before we started recording with you, and before, mm-hmm. really before you and I became very acquainted, I saw one of the talks you did at Mutiny, and that was on preparing for the recording studio. Yeah, and something that yeah. you said during that, and I didn't catch the whole talk. I only walked in, and caught right. this one thing, and it has stuck with me. Classic is is you said one of the biggest mistakes that bands make in preparing for anything. Mm-hmm is if one person can't make practice they call it off yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like no there is always something that can be done during that time no matter how few of you are available and i have taken that and applied it to the way that we run our band in general any work is good work even if i'm the only one that can be here I do a podcast, I get some work right. done, I do something every day, every week, every month, every Write year. some lyrics, you know, plan some posts, do, do some something. social stuff, or just think about where you guys are going to be in five years. Right, like, exactly. Go revisit that plan and see what that looks right. like. Right, and, and yep. that catching that, along with a lot of other things that I kind of learned was learning around that time, that really stuck with me as far as something you can very practically apply to. So easy. To, to making those incremental gains over time yeah you know producing consistently it's because it's really easy to be like oh bass player can't make it oh we'll just get it next week no yeah get in the room and get it done yeah oh but he, he does the one thing and we can't do the song without him yeah that then you don't know the then song. do something and learning else. how to play together when your bass player is fucking up or not there is one of the most important things or if the bass player <laughs> and the drummer are the only ones who can make it yeah like man oh if, man those two can work together. That will go yeah. such a long way. Well, I get like uh, sometimes I'll I'll get bands and I'm like oh what I can't and I understand why but well I can't I can't play the song without the vocal cues. 
It's like, well, well I that's get it. a problem. I get it. What happens if what if happens if your singer has a aneurysm or is assassinated on right? stage? Then you're probably going to stop playing the song, huh, Eric? No, the show must go on. <laughs> must go on. You always finish the song. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. That's like when you I, bring I, on the understudy. <laughs> exactly. But point be like, I, I come <laughs> from a theater background. You, you know play what I mean? Play it through. Just yeah. play it through. Like I, I get that, but you don't know your song. Yeah. Right. You just don't. I'm yeah. sorry. You know your song based on cues. That's great. Oh, I know that line. You we're going the to the vocals. chorus. Oh, I know that line. We're going to the bridge. Yeah. But then you don't really know your song. It's like when uh, have you seen the Tom Petty documentary? It was a re- oh, it's like, God, a fuck, it's like three hours. It's so good though. It's but really good. He, there's that part where he's like, when you're writing a song, you got to sit there and work on that song until someone in the other room is like, stop playing that song. <laughs> like he's like, you have to work on it until it gets annoying, yeah. dude. Like you have like, and I want to I want to talk a little bit about that actually coming up too because I I think I've got my writing process there. I'm experimenting with the writing process really? that I think I want to tell you about it. But um, but at first I want to hear more about. Your your vision for the future, like what what you guys are moving towards right, right now? Because I know that's something we've talked about it a lot. Is mm-hmm. something that I'm going to be talking wanting... to you about that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about it more. Uh, but give me give me kind of the big picture here. Um, uh, had the opportunity to work with some artists overseas, mm-hmm. uh, do some mastering for bands out of London and uh, Italy, and some stuff on the East Coast. And I would like to oh, instead sure. of yeah. What? Austria. Oh, yeah, in Austria, too. We're <laughs> supposed to do that record next year. We'll yeah. talk about that. Um, I don't necessarily want to increase our prices. I want to extend our reach. Yeah. Because the one thing that we yeah. that Ethan and I have both worked towards is um, we've learned how to work remotely. So um, Everything's going remote. It's well, fucking crazy, man. We have uh, – you're familiar with West Tones. Yeah. We got some West Tone in-ears. Yeah. Um, and I've mixed and mastered some records on them. I've learned those. So I've learned that I can work from the road or I can work in the house. Which is crazy. While he's recording in the studio or vice versa and kind of take out the right. – What we've learned is um, a couple things. The bottleneck was one engineer, one room. Now we have two engineers, one room. So now the room's the bottleneck, but we've removed that slightly. But if I can extend my reach as a mixing and mastering engineer um, to outside of Denver or just take on more mastering from Denver artists. Right. Hint, hint. Right, right. Um, <laughs> he can be in the Right, he could be in the room working, right, and recording or editing or doing guitar overdubs or doing some vocals or some backings or whatever. Because Ethan has a great ear, and so what That's we do cool. then we're increasing the billing, right? We're expanding the billing without we're changing anybody's rate. We're doubling right, right. throughput without charging anybody a single dollar. And then it's just yeah. a matter of workflow. Yeah. It's just workflow. Exactly. It's just a matter of sitting down and. And and scheduling out your yeah. scheduling and one out of your us workflow. always has something to mix or in his case master when the other one is recording. I mean, right. there's always something they could be doing. Right. So I'd I'd like to figure out how to explore. And your that. calendar is jam packed all the time. It's pretty full. Uh, weekends obviously go fast because people weekends go quick. You know, work during the week and need weekends. Um, that's yeah. another, and that's something that I think people need to know is like. One of the reasons it has taken us so long to get this stuff together mm-hmm. is because you guys do so fucking much. Like, <laughs> even just outside of Evergroove, you're doing front of house for Itch.io. I do. You know, and then you've got that mixed in with whatever other front of house gigs that you pick up here and there. Or are you really... Itch.io's primarily... I do, I, do, um, I do front of house for um, that, a cover band called The Originators. Right. Just super cool group of people. A lot of fun. 
Band leader's super fun. They just pick up a couple. It's like six right. gigs a year that I'll do. But uh, for live, as far as like original bands, Itchio's the focus. Right. Um, and you make re- not, you go to rehearsals too, like you... I haven't been to as many as I'd like to, but I do right. try to get to rehearsals. It's important to stay connected to the group and understand what's going on. Um, and that's a big thing to take on. Like how many, how many channels are you running at a time for Itchio? Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, I'm now up to 32. 32 channels. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and really that's... And, and that's... Um, Spader's up as soon as the show That's incredible. Starts. And it could, it could be somewhere between 34 and 36. We combine, we combine some sources Yeah. Um, at the board to save a channel because they don't necessarily have to be... Yeah. We have two mics on a thing to capture the whole thing, but I don't necessarily have to have that at two faders at the board. Right. Yeah. That's insane. And and so then that's that's all side gig stuff. That's all like kind of just like your side hustle. But then at Evergroove, mm-hmm. you constantly have mixing on the calendar, you constantly have bands going in and track like you pretty much are booked almost every weekend with you only take one admin day, right? And that's I'm, I've got you in here on my podcast on your only day oh, well, off every week. I'm supposed to take an admin day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's been kind of a few months it's since been, we've actually the, really done that. The, the renovation has been fantastic. We scheduled 10 days. We shut down for 10 days, and we had like a two- or three-day cushion in there, I think, and it still took 15. Wow. And with yeah. where our schedule was at the time, five days not working on stuff has... So now you've got all that backlog. I've, got, got, a, I've got a little bit of a, a backlog. That's not to say that we're too busy to take on work because Ethan's available. Right. Hey, right. So we can still take on the work. We're not overbooked or anything like that. But I really have to give a huge shout out to anybody that's working with me right now is being <laughs> so patient. <laughs> and I'm, I might just buy a huge group dinner when this is when we punch through this because or have a cookout at the house because it's, it's, everybody's being so freaking cool right now. Dude, to me, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like everything that we have, like, it's the first time in my recording experience in life where the project doesn't seem finite. It's like, we have an ongoing project up at Evergroove. You know, this is the studio that we work mm-hmm. with to produce our highest quality content. When we go in and we do the MF Monday episodes yeah. or or we go in and we're working on album stuff, it's like it's like this is the space that that is this organic process, this organism is thriving in. Right. You know, it's this is this is the wildlife preserve for, you know, our ongoing living project. I like that. I, I, nice. Like yeah. it, it's, it is like an enclosure. You know, it's this yeah. place where it's like it's this habitat where our ongoing project lives and I trust it to live there. Cool. And, then, and then it's like, man, it's probably about we're getting close to some kind of deadline. It's probably time to get up there and start working on these things, which is what I wanted to talk to you about um, some of the uh, cool. some of the demoing stuff that we're doing yes. right now. I do want to. Uh, how far are we in, Gordo? 
I heard 1.5. About an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. So it's probably a good time to do the uh, sponsors. Ooh, good. If you guys want to take a break while I do the sponsors, you're more than welcome. You more Take a leak, get some more to drink, load another bowl, and uh, and I'll do Not the sponsors. You good? You are, I, I mean, I'm... No, the bowl. Yeah, the bowl. I'm working I'm, to, 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 to testament. After we're done here, I'm going back and working. Dude, and that was another thing too. Is you're not Brad is not sitting there smoking bongs while we're working on a project. Like I have gotten high with Brad one, maybe two times. Hi, mom. One, maybe two times. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty. I keep Gordo on the show just for his laugh. By the way, I like Gordo's. It's such a good voice. It's so rare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Um, (laughs) It's 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 pretty. I like I like to work sober. Like we did, we had finished something for the day with Tony and we went up and you had like, you had your volcano set up in, in there or not even volcano, just like, oh, that's like, that was the, the uh, first the vaporizer Buddha. ever made. Oh, the Buddha. Not, no, we had the Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. I have that right now. Yeah. And we just oh, like, we yeah. went up, <laughs> we went up, we got <laughs> a little day. high, <laughs> we got professionally high and we played, um, the last of us, right? Is that what it was Y'all called? Did, yeah. Which is a huh. fucking badass game. Scary, man. Yeah, that cool. game actually freaks me out. Dude, that game yeah. is super fun. And yeah. it was perfect for... Because that w- we were in the early stages of fleshing out the front lines of Good Times story, mm-hmm. and we were making a post-apocalyptic That's concept right. album. You and woke you up were the like, next day, you're like, I got ideas from that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like things that I want to add into it. And yeah. stir into. It just, nice. it was really a lot of fun to do. So yeah. Anyway, sponsors. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to some of our sponsors. First and foremost, our most venerable, nay, venereal sponsor, <laughs> Matula Plumbing. <laughs> Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. <laughs> and Jesus Super bad. Service Award winner back in 2011. One one is the only one that matters. He'll wear the <laughs> booties for you. If you're anywhere near Des Plaines, Illinois, and you want your shit pumped by the master of poopers himself, look for Jerry motherfucking Matula. Uh, also, the drummer for the premier ZZ Top tribute band, Eliminator. Really? Not a lot of people know what? that. No. Yeah. I had no idea. You didn't know Jerry Matula was in We're Eliminator? on episode fucking 80, and this is when I find out that he's the drummer for Eliminator? <laughs> you didn't know that? Fuck you, Dude. man. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Jerry Matula is the drummer of Eliminator. Yeah. That's uh, fucking awesome. So, for those who are new to the show, mm-hmm. uh, our sponsor, Jerry Matula, is the drummer for... Uh, Tony's father-in-law's premier right. ZZ Top tribute band, Eliminator. That's fantastic. Yeah, Bobby Zielinski and award-winning. And, and they call uh, the uh, Ron. They call him Ronda because he's Ron, the bass player. <laughs> and they're they're from Chicago, <laughs> so it's awesome. the everything. Ah, it's Ron, the bass player. Gonna go see the Bears, the Bulls, the oh Cubs. My God. I love it. I want to shout out my lord. <laughs> that is the worst stuff ever made. <laughs> If you drink Malort... It's fucking awful. I saw, I saw our, our buddies down half a bottle of that shit. Yeah, just to be Unreal. cool. Unreal. Just to be cool. When I first, when I first met the Blind Staggers, they weren't, they weren't drinking Malort. <laughs> they're drinking Malort because it's Chicago-y. So they're doing, they're doing it for show is what you're telling me. Uh, exactly. So just when they were there on tour, they're, 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 they're doing it Malort. to reinforce okay. Okay. their image of their, their Chicago image. 
That's all it is. I'm blowing the lid off this thing. Right? I've never <laughs> understood the whole like famous because it's terrible, but it's from here thing. It's still terrible. Right? Like Casa Bonita. Why do you want it? Yeah, oh. like Casa Bonita. Don't Why tear do you down want... Casa Bonita. You, need, you mean that stinky awful. piss stain? Don't tear it down. Just go, it down. do yourself a favor. Go to Simon's. And get yourself some glug. That's all you have to do. Glug? That, that yeah. stuff is glug? so good. They make the it. I think they glug? probably make it in a bathtub. I don't know. What is glug? But it's really it's good. Glug. Oh, dude, it's the best alcoholic beverage. Is that it from Chicago? Kansas? Has to offer. Oh, from no, it's Chicago. In Chicago. Go to Simon's Tavern. It's one of the oldest taverns in town. Not until in Andersonville. You tell me what, it is. what is glug? What is it? Oh, it's so many things. <laughs> it's so That's many terrible. things. What That's is it? Terrible. Uh, actually, I couldn't even tell you what all is in it. I can't, but I'll tell you that two. I think I can guess them, by its name. They, 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 the limit is two. You can't have more than two. This sounds like what they do at Double Down in Vegas. The ass oh, juice. Like, yeah, the match. I, I fell off. I juice. fell off my bar stool. <laughs> you fell off your bar. Why are you guys drinking this stuff? You know what's good? I'd never Whiskey drink it. Whiskey in a glass with maybe a drop of water. I wouldn't drink it. I couldn't. Drink it. <laughs> Evergroove Studio. The official recording studio of motherfucking ruckus. Now and a bunch when, of other great bands. This is when we can get we can clear up oh. this Black Mountain thing. We can we can clear oh, this up. So God. are you guys oh. in the Black Mountain or Shadow Mountain region of, producing it, of Evergreen? Well, it's on Black Mountain Drive. So, well, right, but I didn't know if Black Mountain Drive ran right through the middle. Like if you look at your area on a map, uh-huh. Black Mountain. Like it's like Black Mountain and Shadow Mountain occupy the same area so it's like one is on one side of the highway one is on the other really yeah so are you guys on black mountain or are you on shadow mountain my guess is we're on black mountain because okay we have an answer there's a because there's a shadow mountain drive that so black mountain changes names to shadow mountain three miles it would bound oh see we're gonna look this up right now. See, oh, so, you're, gonna, you're gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Swear to God, oh, I'm thank you. Look it up. All right. No, so, I'm not. So, so you guys, the big question Maps is, crash. when's Black Shout Mountain the Google band Maps. gonna record on Black Mountain Drive? Okay. And so, we finally have an answer. That's I'm Evergroove Studio, nestled Aaron, deep inside. We all Black Mountain. We almost called it Black Mountain Studio. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I mean, you guys would have had a lot of business with just like Black doom and, bands, and yeah. stoner metal that's and okay Absolutely. like it would have been nothing but metal bands coming we love up there. Metal so Black mountain studio are you kidding it'd be this so album too. was recorded at black mountain studios <laughs> in yeah, ever yeah oh, wow. in ever black colorado ever but the name actually yeah, came from Jenny. Okay, dude. Um, by the way, your your sponsor shout out has just changed forever. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be has. like Evergroove yeah. Studio on top of Black Mountain. Okay. I love it. I love that. Uh, oh, solar yes. powered. Oh yeah, solar. Yeah. Pa- now is the whole studio solar powered? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Let me t- let me back that up. To be, I mean, we have speaking of low overhead, right? <laughs> to be fair, um, we're not a hundred percent solar power any longer, so we gotta we gotta adjust that. So that is what we're you working towards. You lying son of a bitch! I've always been open with that. Uh, okay, but how, what is the percentage of your your solar? It's probably seventy percent by now. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a ama- that's got to be part of how you're able to, and they pass the savings on to you. And Aaron, except Gordo, we we bill him. Double, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On a personal note, can I? Just I don't say, take it personally. I appreciate you saying Evergroove Studio 
singular. We I got are corrected. Evergrove Studio singular. I got corrected. It got. Yeah. Did you? It yeah, gets, yeah, yeah. It gets. It happens a lot, and it's Politely, okay. Yeah. But no, we, no, 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 no. It's I've nice s- when it happens. I said Correct. Evergrove Studios it, for the whole beginning of it, and Brad actually went. Actually, it's Evergrove Studio mm-hmm. singular, sir. And I went. Oh, oh okay. there's only one. That was a. And by the way, that was a spot on Brad Smalling impression. I just got to say. Like, I, I got the mannerisms down, do it, the head do it tilt, again. and then he just The head tilt was like, good. Let me yeah, see just it like, yeah, actually, it's um, Evergrove Studio, singular. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, like look, it's like looking in the mirror. They, these are the guys we talk beard. about every week. Seriously, go. Give me some more as far as, like, what goes in the, the elevator pitch when you were, like, what is some of the, the branding language that you guys use on your website or when you're, when you're telling people about the studio? Give me more for my pitch every, every week. More for your pitch? Um, yeah, because so I do this. I do this every week. We, and I say the same stuff over and over again. So most most people that move to Colorado or stay in Colorado stay in Colorado for what? For the mountains, for the hiking, for the outdoors, for the skiing, for the whatever. Right. So why the hell would you record in town? Right. Absolutely. Get out of town. Get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up to Evergrove. Get out of town. Get up to Evergrove. I yeah. think yeah, it's it's really nice when you when you're recording you walk outside and it's you're not in a basement and you're not walking upstairs into you yeah. know the rest of a thing you're just walk outside and you're on beautiful property and the sun is setting and it, there's a deer grazing it also separates you from distractions absolutely you know there's something about driving the 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. out to evergroove and you're like i am committing my day to spending time out here in nature in this creative space and all my troubles, all my job stuff. Yeah. Yep. City life stuff. You can detach. Will be waiting for me when I get back down there. Yeah. But for now I'm retreating up here to go work on something. You pointed out the 45 minutes. And I think that's really interesting. If we're talking about kind of marketing speak, like the one Mm -hmm. thing that is changing is Denver is getting is more and more concentrated, right? More and more people. Traffic is really bad. You can spend 45 minutes driving from North to South Denver and be super frustrated. Or you can just get in your car and head out 6th or I-70 either way or 285. Gets you to us. There's more than one way to get to us. And within 20 minutes, you're out of the city. Yep. And you just leave everything behind. And in fact, Evergreen is only 25 minutes from downtown. Yeah, the rest of the drive at that point is through Evergreen, which is a cool little town. It's beautiful. It's a winding road. It's yeah. fun to drive if you're a fan of driving like irresponsibly, like I am. Then it's a yeah. real blast to drive. So I'll do that. That's and great. if you and if you live in Denver, <laughs> neighbors are it, mad. it does feel like <laughs> a vacation. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like you're going on vacation, yeah. especially if you stay. Yeah, you stay with us. Were you there when I was doing my vocal warm ups to the mountains? Yes. Oh, yeah, that I was that. so fucking fun, dude. Just so, like so to that, I would tell you an anecdotal story so this is this is this is the one thing that we can do at Evergrove that you can't necessarily do somewhere else it doesn't make it good or bad it's just different so it was working with um heather the singer mm-hmm. for ground above zero they're mm-hmm. this um metal band out of denver and um i, I needed to to visualize singing to the mountains we, we were working on vocal projection right like right so i propped open the front door i went inside and jenny's like what are you doing and i got her big dance mirror i said can i borrow this right <laughs> <laughs> propped open the door and positioned it at the door and positioned Heather so she could see the mountains. There you go. At that time. 
because she was yeah anyway so i said that's I, really want you, cool. I want you to sing to those mountains is what i want you to do that's really cool and she did it was a great vocal performance and what's so, cool is that later on the production on that album we actually ended up recording a group vocal thing with some drums outside outside yeah, i remember seeing yeah. pictures of that yeah. that yeah, was really cool their yeah. new album is going to be super cool it's got a viking vibe like yeah. that's the theme cool and they we did this big orchestrated chant with like the valhalla chant you know that's so like, goddamn it's, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really oh, really man. I wanted to out. do something like that for for a song that we're working on. We'll have to do we something just, similar but different. Ran time. a bunch of yeah, mics outside. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Evergroove Studio. Go see these guys about your next project. Evergroove.com. Yep. Right? It's that cool. simple. Uh, TheNugNation.com. Yeah, this podcast yeah. is recorded Ooh. here at NugNation Studios. I think it is plural. I got to check that with Mike. <laughs> TheNugNation.com. See uh, the Nugs and their wacky adventures at the town of Nugville. I love the show. Uh, it is a funny... F- yeah. You've watched the show? Mm-hmm. Seen it? Seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's uh, so have you cool seen the Billy Ray Cyrus video? Have you seen the Billy Ray Cyrus video? We heard the Billy Ray Cyrus video, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It made all the audio files just crawl on their skin. Yeah, They're just like, right. Why? Why, dude? It's just for us. It's just a thing where we're watching and we're enjoying it, and at that moment, our eyebrows raise up, and we just keep on dude, enjoying it. I think our <laughs> longest streak of not talking about the that shit has been like three episodes, I'm sorry maybe. To bring it up. Well, no, we have talked about it. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about dude, it. You guys should be proud. It's yeah. really cool, it's, it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. And then um, we got a tons of stuff we're working on now. I got to take these guys of a uh, on a tour. This of the facility studio. is amazing. It's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah. We but got behind some, the scenes is so great. Super cool to see the sets here. We've already got Mikey, the creator, scheduled for episode one hundred, and it's about yeah. twenty. So twenty weeks from now. And I'm very excited to see what happens here just in the next 20 weeks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So those of you who are following the podcast, like keep your eyes open on the Nug Nation. Some really cool stuff is going to start happening in the cool. next you know, five to six months or so. It's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see the way, go, the way it goes. But for now, you can check out everything that we've done so far at thenugnation.com. We actually did a Nug Nation Evergroove collab. Yes. Uh, That's in right. 2016, That's how right? I learned about Nug Nation. Yeah, was we came in and we did our That's Kid right. Rock parody. It's fun. Mm. The Trump Boogie. Is that still out there? Oh, it's still out there. Dude, it ended up on like Funny or Die. That's right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it didn't go viral or anything, but it did pretty well. I got a uh, Ross Hostage wrote about it on For the Love of yeah. Punk, so we got a little bit of love. I, I mean, had a great time with that, and and it was it was a fun thing to do, and it was silly, and we were cracking up the entire time. We it was, tracked that in a day. Yeah, it was in an evening. It was the first yeah, thing. It was so the first fast. thing we ever did with you. Well, we, we did had, the little bear thing. Right. It was the first thing we ever did in the oh, actual studio. Okay. You know what I mean? But we did the little bear thing yep. too. Um, by the way, if you go on our website, mfruckus.com, and you go down to uh, some of the uh, – in the music section, you can find the entire recording of the, the Evergroove stuff we did at the Little Bear, and you can find uh, video from that on our YouTube channel. So yep. check that out. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. We did yeah. that We did that parody about Trump uh, that uh, Jerry helped me write, and it was all about him – like I just looked up a bunch of ridiculous things about him at the time. Oh, and and the video is fantastic, dude. And we had we had and I had forgotten that Trump was in like a Pizza Hut commercial. 
Oh, <laughs> so yeah. when we were like, what's the pizza? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just like looked up as many references and jokes as I could. I was like, man, this would, this would rhyme really well. All right, let's find some stuff that'll yeah. make this rhyme work. You know what I mean? But <laughs> we... We had no idea he was going to get elected. What's a, what a pizza <laughs> shit? Am yeah. I right? Hey, oh, yeah, that's good. Anyway, uh, let's see. So thenugnation.com. Oh, Flipside Music, hey, South Tacoma Street, here in Denver, Colorado. They have every uh, pedal, dude. All the stuff every you want. Pedal. None of the stop stuff you don't. That's quality the, over yeah, quantity. Yeah. No, they have like. I thought they had one of the, like the biggest collections of pedals in like the entire state. That's what is, I what is I that remember. true? That's what I remember hearing about them. Do they rent? Certainly pedal? seems like it. When yeah. every Denver musician I know wants a pedal, they go to Flipside Music. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your foot down and demand those tones that you're Good seeking. Job. You deserve yeah. it, dude. No, they and they have a really cool selection of guitars. You know, mm-hmm. like, and it's it's only like. They get their hands on good shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Ike has an eye for good mm-hmm. shit. We got him coming on the show here soon. Nice. They have cool amps, too. Yeah, they have no. those, uh, I forget what they're, Panamas? They're mm-hmm. nice. I like them. I like how they sound. Are they designed for playing Panama? Panama! Didn't I know think that was going to happen. Yeah. Panama! Uh, 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 Flipside music! Oh, yeah. Now you're going to get tagged by YouTube. Oh, hey, he's also... He's also the Archmaster of the Sacred Order of the Baldmen, of which... The Baldsmen. The Baldsmen. The Baldsmen. How many that? fucking times? The Baldsmen. Not only am I a member, I'm right. the president. Nice. Singular. Oh, nice. Or plural. <laughs> of which, uh, of which uh, Gordo is a charter member. And... Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> if, if not a founding member. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows the secret handshake and everything. Gordo's hair moved down his face to get closer to Granny Tweed's music. Well, yeah, 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 I pulled it this way out of my head. Like it just, I pulled it so it's, I just no because I was up sitting there, there yeah, thinking yeah. so much. Uh, let's see who else, who else, who else. Oh, Mutiny Information Cafe. Yay! Uh, this this is a Mutiny transmission. Mutiny Information Cafe on Two South Broadway. Love those guys. Right in the heart of Denver. It is is the cultural epicenter of Denver. It's where everything cool happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Books, records. Uh, com- uh, comic books, pinball machines, live Play events, uh, podcasts, cereal. Nobody has a larger selection of Torini syrups. Nobody. Nobody. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, it's everything, man. Great vinyl, new, used, fighting t- the man, tabletop man. games, anarcho punk. Oh yeah, things. fighting I, the man fighting too. Man. I bought a new copy of Thieves of Thunder. At Mutiny Information Cafe. Did you really? I did. I did. A CD or vinyl? I mean, a few years ago. CD or vinyl? (laughs) Uh, It was vinyl. Thank you very much. I think Mutiny might be the only place in town that still has our vinyl, because this is a true story. We were getting ready to go on tour, and we were out of records, Mm -hmm. and... So one day before we left on tour, I went to every record store in town that was carrying our stuff. Mm-hmm. And because none of our records sell locally, <laughs> I went and pulled our entire Oof. stock out of stores. And the only place that kept them is was, this before was you discovered the hidden cash at Tony Lee's house? Oh God! <laughs> the day <laughs> Tony, the, I love that story. The day Tony moved back to Chicago, yeah, we found a box just full of records. Just oh. like, oh, man. and he's like, oh, oh I you meant yeah, shit, cash. I forgot I had those. No, like, just like a box of like. A crate of vinyls. Yeah, probably it was like a quarter of our stock, I would say. <laughs> oh, my God. Originally, and <laughs> I was like. under his bed. I was like, ah, oh, it's great. We've got these to sell, uh, but. Thunder his bed. Yeah, I, uh, 
thunder restock thunder all the stores, a bunch of jackets and boxes of crap anyway mutiny information cafe check them out and tell matt and jim the boys sent you yeah uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios on Ooh. 27th and Larimer here okay. in Denver, right by the Larimer Lounge. So before you go to practice, stop in and have a drink with Mikey Mulligan, our dude, and then uh, go over, like, show up right on time. You could even show up a little late for practice if you're most musicians. and just show up. Yeah, just show up. And uh, there's no setup time because you just walk right. in, you plug in, you play, you get on with your life. Rocket Space, you ain't got to carry shit. I right. really hope they make a t-shirt out they of that. They really fucking they should. I just good, gave good them that tagline, and I have not seen it used on anything but this podcast, man. <laughs> I gave it to you, Kate. Let me Kate. tell you something. Never mind. It's not even worth it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> good commentary. Yeah. All right. What, uh, what, what else? Who am I forgetting? I know who the last one is, but... Do I have everyone? Yeah, I think you're there. Okay, so last but most, I want to give a shout-out to all the people who back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mfruckus. Woo! You guys, I keep thinking we're going to lose all you guys at the same time, and you guys stick with us month after month, and, like, really are the only thing that makes it possible for us to keep doing what we do. Um the contribution of our patrons goes to pay Jake, who illustrates the front lines of good times. Hey, Jake. They go to pay Macy, who animates the motion comic. Those are they so go good. to pay. Uh, dude, did Those the new one so turned good. out so good, yeah. right? My Turn favorite out. character is. I forget his name. Evil, evil guy. Yeah. yeah. Evil. Oh, yeah. Evil's great, oh, dude. Evil. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just business, man. Dude, you know who does the voice yeah. of evil? Who? Joey Klontz, our like number one fan, <laughs> no dude, kidding. that we brought no up kidding. to the studio. It's great. Dude. Joey, so great. Joey's like, hey, man, is evil going to show up in another chapter? And I was like, no, but I'm going to use your voice in some oh, way. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, evil will show up later on in the story. I don't want to sure. give anything away, but but it, it's going to be a while before he shows up again. Sure. But, um, but yeah, like, it, 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 the, the money goes to pay Brad and Ethan and Ethan Klein to help with the MF Woo. Mondays and the new record stuff. It goes to pay for publicity and marketing and plane tickets for bringing Tony in. Like I just, re- you talked earlier about like, like crowdfunding, mm-hmm. and for us, Patreon has been something that I think got. Um, flack unfairly in the independent music world initially. You were oh, one of the first Patreon as a as a platform, or yeah. you you as a band adopted. No, Patreon. no, there oh, okay. was there was when Patreon first started emerging on the scene. Was um, the band the we band Allegion, yeah, the band Allegion was using them, and they, they as well. The way mm. that they presented their pitch was intended to be kind of tongue-in-cheek i think it was and people responded to it badly and then what happened is the underground rock and roll media got a hold of it and used it as an opportunity to do a lot of although i I can't really think of the words to describe what that sort of that sort of campaign was, but that's really what it was, is it was a lot of people in the music yeah. world. They shat upon it. They were throwing Although, shade. I mean, yeah. they were just throwing shade on the whole idea, and it kind of became a, a cultural meme to like 
be like, if you can't do it the old-fashioned way of just playing gigs and, and selling merch, then then you need to get off your ass and fucking work, and you're not going to have everything handed to you. And I think that soured the idea of crowdfunding in general with the independent music world. Oh, sure. But I, it's really shooting yourself in the foot if you're not participating in it. Yes, it is. Page, what we did is we were like, okay, then what we need to do is we need to create something that gives an extraordinary amount to the people who invest on an yeah. ongoing basis. So it's like we need to treat Patreon like content creators treat yeah. Patreon. You I, know? I do have to stick up for Allegiant a little bit here because No, I stick I'm no, stick no, no, I'll stick no, up for them all day. I know, but because their Patreon is still going on and everything that like uh they I thought they did a really good job initially of like trying to explain we are doing this literally nonstop and making no money. Right. And there's nothing else that we can do other than this. And like you said, they took a lot of flack from the media, but their Patreon, I think, from the get-go is pretty predicated upon, like, trying to give back to people and, you know, find a way to keep going right. on a consistent basis. Now, I would be curious yeah. to see what the results have been, because I'll bet uh, that they ha- I'll bet they do pretty well. They do all right. Despite the fact that they caught a lot of shade, I'm sure that got them a lot of exposure in the people sure who were did, like, yeah. hey, I I don't see what the big deal is. I'll get on board with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure they took a lot of shit, but it ended up working in their favor it's in the long run. Two more albums. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, we've been we have been able to with what we get from Patreon, it is equivalent to playing a good gig or two a month. That's yeah. great. And That's nice. and in fact, our Patreon does better than I mean, frankly, a lot of the gigs that we do. Sure. You know, yeah. and that's just it's hard to get people out. But it's and it's and industry. it's with having a guy who lives in another state, right. it's it's you know, we have kind of a high overhead to get out and play a gig. I have to turn stuff down all the time because it's like we'd love to do it, but we have to fly a guy in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to fly a guy in and we have to He's going to miss a weekend of work. We're going to have to book other shows to kind of supplement cushion the that, right. to cushion it. Like there, it's it costs a lot for us to even quote unquote leave the house. Right. You know what I mean. So what Patreon has allowed us to do is to keep creating and keep advancing just that little bit at a time in order to to it, it keeps our band alive. You know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the people who back us on Patreon, I don't think our band could have survived. Mm-hmm. That you know, plain and simple. That's so valuable. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to you guys. I give it every week, and I will always give it every week, and I will always give it on everything that we ever put out because I fucking love you guys. Thank you so so much. If you want to help us on our mission to party the planet and keep creating cool shit, please go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and ple- really pledge at any level we just give everything to everybody yeah. anything helps right yeah I mean, I mean and you won't be sad you did you guys put out like really cool stuff we yeah. put out a ton yeah. of stuff it's man and it's it's and I don't cool feel like we put out unique. enough <laughs> you know like I want to get towards a point where we are able to produce high quality content on a like consistent daily weekly monthly yearly quarterly you know basis I've yeah. got plans for stuff all the way up to a feature film that I am writing oh, in my brain. You guys are content contenders. 
Dude, Intense. I owe a lot of that to... <laughs> I owe a lot of what we've been doing, That's and good. I told Mikey this when he was here, is I've learned so much just from being around the Nug Nation and seeing what it is like for a media channel to try and stay alive. Sure. And... I think there's a lot of artists out there who think they're going to create the thing that breaks them. Sure. And what I've learned from working at a media channel is just the thing only gets you to the next thing. Yep. That, yeah. Like, That's a good point. We have done some shit here. Like, you know, I th- the younger me would have thought, oh, I sat down and did an interview with Redman. That's going to be the thing. There it is. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't the thing. It but just, it led us to the next thing. Right. Oh, my God. I sat down and did an interview with Nappy Roots or Afro Man or whoever it yeah. is. That's got to be the thing, right? And it's like, no, no, we're still, you know, four years later and we're still, Mikey's got to work his ass off to keep the lights on. You yep, know, yep. he's got to take client work to keep the lights on. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, we did a video for Billy Ray Cyrus. That got that's, written in Rolling Stone be. and Billboard. That's got to be the thing, right? The thing. Nope. nope. Oh, but it did get us in now this weed. That's got to be the thing, right? Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people across sure. the globe have seen that. That's got to be the thing, right? No. Nope. And seeing that go down mm-hmm. has really informed the way that I manage projects with the band. It's like, we're not going to put out an album that is just going to send us straight right. to the top. You know, millions of albums come out every year. You know, if you had to estimate how many albums come out a year. Oh, God. Oh. I try not just to an, think just about Just an that estimate number. as far as, like, you you guys, like, what you produce. Like, like we do at well, least 100. So, I mean. so you guys you guys probably put... Albums. Is that not accurate? I don't know. 100 albums like, for us? Oh, well, no. I'd say we work well, on I'm just saying albums, based on your experience out, of uh-huh. output, like, what do you think... What do you think, in, like amount of musical content comes out of the world from uh, into the world from studios oh it's got to be practically immeasurable right because there's going to be stuff yeah. coming out that we'll never even know about right right i mean there's going to be it's, a small studio are that are actively trying to stop music from coming out in such a high quantity <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it's like got to be a, a fire hydrant that's like just blowing up. There, there's going to be the, the smallest studio in south africa like right Producing something coming stuff. out or something super cool. That's Everybody has a recording like, studio on their phone now. Like, yeah, it's. I think it's a garage band. Come, yeah. garage band comes with iPhone. And I mean, I've got, I've got, yeah, yeah, I've Is got that a, having a studio though. I don't know. We well, can, it's not the. I mean, <laughs> obvious. No, but I told Ethan, you. obviously, it's not the same. No, let's God, take it. Let's take it down there. Uh, my first uh, studio. My first, it, my hey first man, studio. like play school. My first iStudio. <laughs> what you're able to do with GarageBand on your phone is something that people would have killed for in. Oh, absolutely. You know, twenty, thirty, and ten how, years ago. Listen, back in my day, <laughs> we would have loved to. We would have loved to have that thing. You guys are using that for your demos, right? So this is what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> We have been spending the last few months, and I've and people who've been following the podcast have heard us talk about it. We've been spending the last few months before Tony moved and while Tony's been gone, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the most optimal way to have an ongoing projects that we all can work on independently because we don't get together any week every week anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And what we finally gotten to out of a lot of trial and error is we went. 
the one thing we know that everybody can get on is GarageBand iOS. Like, all of us have iPhones but Tony. Tony has an iPad at home. You know, you can get one of those Focusrite um, interfaces Uh that works with an iPad or an iPhone. We bought one of those. I gave it to Ty just to take home. It's got phantom power. It, you know, it plugs right into GarageBand. He can set up his drums in his basement, set up one mic in the room. He went and got a good set of headphones. And we can share projects over a cloud, and everybody can add their parts See, that's individually. A that's right. great. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so now we've gotten to that. St- so we've started to get that dialed in. Mm-hmm. There are some things that, about it that are a little confusing and cumbersome that we're figuring out. But the important part is we're able to share ideas around. We've got. I I think I showed you the demo file once when we were up there. So we've got we've got something like between twenty. Like we've got up. Probably forty something or more early rough right. demos that then we distilled down to about twenty of what I have said are the most complete demos, the ones we're going to be most able to make something out of, mm-hmm. uh, the most highly probable ones. Uh, so we've got about twenty to twenty two, twenty three songs that we are now converting into projects where Tony is taking them and creating project files, mm-hmm. we're up to probably about seven project files. Okay. And then what I've started doing in the last week, and a lot of this has come from the excitement of having the single drop yeah. and having Rodeo Star really pushing it, mm. finding out that Napalm, I totally forgot um, that I, I remember Rodeo Star telling me at one point uh, Thorsten from Rodeo Star. I remember him telling me, but it somehow slipped my mind that they had entered into a partnership with Napalm Records, which is this larger label. Mm-hmm. Really, and so they have Rodeo Star has Napalm Records marketing machine behind Ooh, it. Nice. So That's the fantastic. day it came out, I had Thorsten introducing me to their social media marketing person, who is going to be pushing the release. And so I've been watching the release in real time live how it's been happening mm-hmm. you also have a gordo have you seen the the real time live release function on spotify for artists i'm curious i haven't seen this i haven't no i haven't those. seen it yet you you alerted me to that but i haven't yeah, seen it yet you can see if some you can see if people are listening to your song at that moment whoa hmm. like you look at it and it's like two people are listening right now three people are listening right now and it gives you the total number of streams oh that's stuff. the number that always says zero for granny tweed <laughs> oh. i was gonna say imagine being billy eilish and looking at that number tick, tick. Oh, I, see i don't know if that's true gordo i think you guys are, are right building down. a a a underground cult following people who love granny tweed really love granny tweed <laughs> They're great songs. Uh, and that they are really good songs. Those the, those two people, we really appreciate them. <laughs> and Apeshit Mood Ring and, is and amazing, them, by the way. It's a great record, it's, right? It is oh, such a good record. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate such that. Such a good record. And I think it needs to be online so more people can hear it. Okay, yeah, because right now I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. Uh, yes, there's zero people listening <laughs> right now. Um, Quick, everyone listening. Yeah. Go Let's to, see if we can make it happen. Let's see if we can make those numbers Tweed jump up. Um, no, so so what what I've been doing is uh, earlier this year, or not even earlier this year, a few months ago, while I was trying to learn stuff for the, the Oingo Boingo tribute I'm in, yeah. <laughs> one of my bandmates, Ryan Fiegel, um, 
our guitar player, he introduced me to Capo and the Amazing Slowdowner, which are two apps that you oh. can oh, put right. audio files into. Capo oh, it sounded like a band. Capo, yeah, that's a great name for a band. Capo will. Um, <laughs> Like capo, you can do a bunch of things with, but the main thing I use it for is you can um, you can load whatever the track is into it, and it'll detect the the key right. and the chord changes and things like that. So I use that. Hmm. Set the um, the the song key mm-hmm. in the project, and then I can open up a keyboard. And set it to whatever scale I want to, whether it's a minor scale or a major scale or a, you know a Dorian scale or a klezmer scale yeah, or man. a Southeast Asian scale or klezmer a Japanese style. scale, and I can go into that key and play with melodies. Oh, that's great! Right? And so I can I can work on ideas like that and work on melody ideas and 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 things like that in GarageBand. Mm-hmm. But then with the amazing slow downer, I can just load all the tracks uh the instrumentals in and loop them and I just listen to these demos while I drive. Oh, to work, yeah. from work, to work, from work. And then with the 15 20 minutes that I'm parked and waiting to go into work, I plug in, put on a pair of headphones, and I lay down some kind of reference track in my car, cool. wow. which is like the perfect like That's great. vocal isolate. I can't do that shit at home. No. I, I woke my kid up the other day having a conversation <laughs> with Tony on Skype. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, I have a loud voice. It fucking it's, carries. It's just amazing how many tools there are out there to I be know. creative if you want to be creative. I know. Or, you, they, can, or they can help you. Uh, I mean, you got a kid and you got life. Uh, you're busy. Right. So you've got, but you've got, you found a way. It's it's brilliant. You found a way to take this time that you're in the car anyway, right? Like to put it to work for you and for Emma Fracas. I to found, continue to move you guys forward. I have found mm-hmm. it has improved my overall mood as well. Well, sure, because you're creative going into work. I love podcasts. I love podcasts, but a lot of the podcasts that I listen to can be on dismal subject matter and should be very serious. You know what I mean? And I'm interested in some very serious topics that can ruin your day if if you don't have the bandwidth or capacity for it. You know what I mean? But what I've started doing is, because I'm super excited about making new stuff, Mm -hmm. I've been listening to just these demos over and over again, which are just my bandmates... Playing into garage bands, you know, so cool. and just listening to that over and over again and generating ideas. And I find that by the time I get to work or by the, t- by the time I get home, I feel a lot happier because I'm engaged with something that is directly fulfilling mm-hmm. in my own life. Does that make sense? Makes mm-hmm. total sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's the it's like it's like getting up and having like an exercise routine to start your day. Right. It's it's a mental exercise for you, right? And so you and, and it's in something that you love and you enjoy and and you're you're creative in this time when normally you're just grumpy thinking about traffic. I'm going to work. Whatever. It's, See, I it love completely changes. I love being stuck in traffic. I mean, I've always liked yeah, being stuck insane. in traffic. No, I've this always liked insane. being stuck in traffic because <laughs> I like listening to the radio. I like listening to audiobooks. Sure. I like listening to podcasts. But mm-hmm. now there's this this added element where it's like, I, I think of it as almost like being the antithesis to sitting and scrolling social media on your phone. Yeah. You know, just like blowing up your brain with just so much negativity just, and shit talking and just yeah. the, you know, outrage and all that crap. And it, putting that away and getting in the car and just being yeah. like, 
my whole job here is to just sing along and make shit up. Yeah. You know, just make up ideas and go, oh, this would sound really cool. And I get excited and, I, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, imagining, you know, like Michelangelo talked about the figure in the marble. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, that it makes sense, but I don't the way know. the way that Michelangelo would go about carving a statue, mm-hmm. like he he talked about, like if he has is is carves a statue of an angel or something like that, like he sees the angel in the marble, and yeah. then his whole job is to just chip away the stone and free the angel that is inside the marble. That's super cool. So that that's something that Michelangelo talked about. And so when I, I kind of approach, you know, not a Michelangelo's level, obviously, but I approach songwriting the same way where I get this song idea and I go, there is a song in here, mm-hmm. you know, and all I need to do is play with it and listen to it enough that I can hear the song right. that is here within the demo. Then... And this is where you come in. And only then. Then, and and this is, and I've, I think I've mentioned this before on the, on the podcast too, and you and I have talked about, is once we have those figured out where they want to go, mm-hmm. we're going to come in to see you this February. Yeah. Start working on recording some of this stuff. Right. But some of what we are going to do is going to be recording songs at home. Mm-hmm. Then sending them to you, yep. where you then will reamp them, make them sound the way that they're supposed to sound. Like yeah. like Tony Lee can sit and do his guitar solos in Chicago, absolutely, and send you what an AIFF file is that what it's got to be? That or Wave doesn't that or Wave just some matter. sort of high quality file where he yep. can send that to you. And then like I was trying to explain reamping to Joey at a trim the other day. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know. What is the process of reamping? Reamping is taking a guitar DI signal. So you take a guitar, you plug it into a DI box, and then you record the guitar just dry, like not even an amp. Um, or That's hilarious. Straight into a uh, interface. It's just the raw and, signal of and, and it. Yeah. Yeah, it right. is. It, it is hilarious. Yeah. It just sounds like someone playing a ukulele. <laughs> yeah, nice. right, right, right. It's so like, funny. Have you guys seen those videos of dudes playing riffs that are? It's just all direct. No, <laughs> it's just playing heavy metal riffs. And oh, shit. Metal oh my that, god, dude, hilarious. I saw that recently. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like so metal with distortion. Click, click. It's like I don't know. It just sounds like MIDI or something. We just lost. Oh no! My fault. Come on. No big deal. Um, <laughs> I can take a hand. You are silenced. Um, and so, but and so you do that, and so you're you're taking the amp out of the process, right? Um, or some have a through, so you can record the DI and then go to the amp and put a mic on the amp. But in Tony's case, because um, he's going to be in you know, Chicago, right? He He'll can, have stems of the project. Yeah, we'll send him. We'll send him stems or a rough mix, and he can record solos or three or four different versions and send us the DIs, and then I can run that out. And hit a reamp box, and so with the reamp boxes, it changes the so so coming out of the interface is at line level, and so when you hit a reamp box, it takes it back down to instrument level, and then also changes the impedance to be what an amplifier wants to see. Right, and so then we can pick whatever any amp sound at that point, right, and put a mic on that and record it back into the computer. Right, there's a little bit of latency with that, um, but what what I do is I have a, a signal that's positive only; it only is an upward, so it send a ping like ping. 
and you measure that, and then you just adjust it, and you're good to go. Right. So you can so you can have I mean you can it's have insane, people work. Dude. You can get stuff from around the world to work on, and and yeah. and just it's great. You can do you it's can do really any great. you can do anything anymore. You yep. can collaborate with anyone anywhere on the planet. The thing I'm looking forward to is the day that we figure out 100 percent lag free yeah. real time. It's just about um, sessions. Yeah. To where you can actually have remote band practice. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. That's I guess we can't Klein, conceive that, of it because we haven't gotten to that point yet. But it's Klein, is that oh, what do you got? Klein? Is, is that theoretically, theoretically possible? possible? Uh, Google has like 200 millisecond ping servers. So but that's still pretty high for that's, performance. Yeah, you can't. It's play better with than can you jam? 90% of everything. It would right be now. so. Here's so okay. So a millisecond is a is approximately a foot, right? Sound moves. It was 1130 feet per second. Yeah. So I'm so glad you're here. So if you think about <laughs> So if you think about, it's like 200 milliseconds doesn't sound like a lot, okay? Four milliseconds. But that would be yeah. you standing like Tony's on stage, and you're at front of house at Pepsi Center. Oh, so it's like slapback. Yeah. Oh, you got to get that everything. down. Like right just here. Just enough to there's totally a, fuck with you. There's a, right <laughs> yeah. here, just, just through air, right. there's a three millisecond delay from our conversation. Right. Now, jamming in a room, you're looking at anywhere from 3 to 10 as band right. members spread out, or if everybody were to cram into here. Sure. Right? So if we can get it down to that, sure. But we're at the mercy... Oh, here we go. <laughs> we're at the mercy of the internet. Right, right. Because for every... You know, when you send that signal out, it hits your router, then hits another router, then another router. And all of these add... They may add a little bit here and a little bit there. I think it's just a matter of time before they get that dialed in as far as signal speed. But it has to to be like a direct connection. It's it's the physical hardware adding that latency. Right, but... Somehow somehow those routers have to get faster. And and, and if we think that out of the gate, and this is just me being practical and having worked on the IT side, if we think that for an instant they get it that fast and they're going to immediately hand it over to residential broadband... No, I don't so not what's immediately. The, what's but, the, also, but also, not immediately. Rich people will get it first, fast, and then we'll get it. How right. fast can you make a trade, like e trading? Like how can how, how fast does that happen? Probably uh, is it like the, the fastest ping, possible, right? Yeah, the fastest possible based on the ping. ping. Yeah, yeah. So ping. what are I mean? What are average ping times? Like a hundred, minus seventy-five like to one hundred twenty-five milliseconds. My house in general. Run a ping We're right about now. Moving beyond the speed Can of trade. No. Okay. My ping no, time is that's, generally that's about three and a half to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you know, I've got a kid now, sounds like so you I have, have to be link. able to do it in a hurry. They make a pill for that. You Jeez. know what I mean? Like, it's like, I've, I've, I've it, got a very a limited amount of time to get it done. So I need to There's ping pretty quickly. Oh, man. <laughs> can I tell you guys a funny story? Yeah. So recently... Ping, yes, you can. Yeah, ping, I've... I forget why, but Brad and I were talking about weird something like some weird products that we had seen. It showed up advertised. in a feed or something, or, or and, in a video. Yeah, we were watching a video. About, and it, I don't know. It, anyway, it's probably because I'm old. They're premature ejaculation wipes. <laughs> so these are wipes. Aren't they just baby wipes? No, you wipe your grundle and they <laughs> numb you out. So they oh. you last longer. Now here's the thing. Brad was like, Brad was like, but I don't. Brad was like, he was like, I don't understand. 
how premature ejaculation wipes like i don't remember what they are and i was like well look it up and he was like i'm not looking that up and i was like all right i'm not punching that into my search <laughs> i was no, like all right no, no, i'll no, look no. this up fucking fine whatever so i Your looked it email up email list like, just oh, blows no. up the next day. i look it up no, i get I'm already, I'm already i get on the website 40s. like i already get that crap <laughs> i finally figured out what was going on with them we we talk about it we move on with our lives i'm fucking getting tagged for and premature that's ejaculation why I, that's, that's why, why you don't do it that's why i didn't look it up and i'm not, so not on mad. my phone i'm so mad about it the fact that it even got mentioned on this podcast means that it's going to start oh. showing up in people's algorithms. You should algorithm. get a sponsorship for that. You could come time. up with so much shit to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Uncle Harry's Pre-Jack Wipes. Pre-Jack. Pre-Jack. <laughs> uh, hey, man. I don't, Pre-Jack Wax? I don't want to do anything. <laughs> Pre-Jack Wax. Uh, I don't want to do anything anything to delay ejaculation because I'm at that age where it's like <laughs> if I delay it at all it's not happening you know it's like ah, 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 uh, I lost it dang, it's gone <laughs> ah, I'll try again later I guess you know where you get like the like false start mm-hmm. you ever get that no nobody I'm, I'm yeah I read it in an article once I'm just I'm just messing with you guys <laughs> never never ever happens any old hoon uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, I think <laughs> there's almost no coming back from that. Hey! <laughs> and there it is. Yeah, he did it. He did it. There anyway. it is. Bing. We made a comeback, Bing. man. Is that the machine that goes? <laughs> nice comeback. And then, and then, <laughs> and then. <laughs> I think no. In all seriousness, I do think it will. I think I'm going to go ahead and say within ten years. We will have lag-free uh, connectivity. I think cool. that there will be someone that'll like come up with a way. Like somebody will engineer a way to counter counteract that. Doctor Manhattan. Doctor so Manhattan. You, so then, how do you? So what they'll do is sure. is yeah. it's going to be really. I don't want it to be. To be clear, it's going to be really expensive. Yeah, it'll be really. So what expensive. they're going to do is, if you want that, they're going to prioritize your packets on that router. Mm. So we're talking about the end of net neutrality before we get that kind of service. So yeah, let's not talk about that because that's sad. Um, But it's fine. But like that's that's where it'll start, right? Well, but that's the same thing as like with um, plasma screen TVs, flat screen TVs. You know, when the first flat screen TVs came out, the technology was substandard and they were ridiculously expensive so that only super rich people could afford them. Right. But then eventually, because those rich people pay for it, it makes it so that the companies that built them are able, like it bankrolls those companies being able to develop their technology and roll out a consumer grade version of it. Correct. But typically your, your family watches a TV. A router sees thousands, if not millions, of connections. Right. So, right. You also have to think of but whether like or not future the, man. No, yeah. I'm the future. Oh, yeah. the future I am with cool. you. I'm just still pissed at Citrine Links. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to, you hey, have to consider a future that doesn't have <laughs> yeah, any they're definitely not incentive helping. to actually provide consumers with <laughs> yeah. any benefits, dude, like CenturyLink does. Oh, dude. Okay, we can jump on CenturyLink for a minute. So hey, listen, all right. dude. Well, can we we have a real story yeah. that happened to Jenny and I. They effed us hard, <laughs> super hard. How so? So we have had DSL at the house for like 15 years and we're in an area that's rural i get it 
and they haven't pulled any new fiber or upgraded the line. So as more people moved in or as people started adopting broadband, the line started to become oversubscribed. Right. I get that too. We recently switched over to new cell phones. We had, we had you know, good internet at the house. Um, and so we canceled our home number. But when Jenny was talking to him, I was like, we're, phone we wanna, number to be clear. Yeah, our, we, we want to cancel our phone number, cancel that, but keep our internet. We don't want to change our internet. We're good. Right. And, and they said, okay, or the person on the phone, okay, that's fine. Um, <coughs> she said, I don't want, like, don't change anything. Don't change our speed. Don't right. change any of that. Well, they took us from 20, which is the best that we could get at the time, 20 down. And like 896K up, which is absurd right. for upstream, but whatever. Jenny pulls down a lot of docks for her work, so that was fine. Right. And they and next thing you know, she's like, the internet seems really slow. Like, well, let me check it out. Start running some speed tests and start checking on the routers and rebooting the routers and then let the router retrain. They knocked us all the way down to three, which greatly impacts her work. Right. And so she calls and starts raising a stink, and they're like, we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. She said, but we've we've been customers of yours they don't care. Like, for years. They don't care. They're like, you and screwed up. And we've had this yes. line for years, and all we did was say, we're just turning off phone. We're keeping internet. There should have been, you just, all right, no phone. Boop, boop, and then everything else is fine. Wow. And they're like, yeah, tough. Tough, yeah. Jenny was like, wait, you screwed up on this. And they're like, correct. You and are right. she's like, so you're responsible for remedying it. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And they're like, so remedy it. And no, like, well, they also nah, have the, the agents have a limited number of script options. You know what <laughs> I mean? No, I just mean it doesn't matter where no, they're from right. in the world. They have a yeah. list of things they're allowed yeah. to say. Yeah. You know, and when I deal with them, and I've dealt them now with, with them like three or four times, where they have run speed tests. I've run speed tests from the yep. computer. Everything work, it, like everything says it's working mm-hmm. fine, but practically it is not working yeah. fine. Yeah. My L, the, the LTE network on my phone works better than the Wi-Fi does. Yeah, that's crazy. Like it's super slow, and I have to upload episodes of podcast and yep. do website yep. stuff and and video and photos and stuff. So I I do I got a need for speed, man. Yeah. So, but every time I call them, they're like, "Yeah, we ran a test. Everything's doing great." And it, one of the things the lady kept saying is, "She was like, you're getting more than you're paying for." She said that over and over again. You're getting more speed than you're paying I for. Mean, and what they'll do is they'll they'll run a test, and everything on all devices in the house will work lightning fast. But then as soon as I'm off the phone, yeah. yes, that's a real Every thing time. that happens. And that you call them, ridiculous. and they Every are time. me too. Zero help. No, they are zero help. They're. Like, I'm like, dude, this is the fourth time I have try, called you. Next guys. time, try this. All right. So the first thing they do, they have you reboot your router. Right. And they do the things. You just, so as soon as you get on the phone, you go, hi, um, I know you're level one. I know you're just doing your job. And so this is nothing against you. I've already rebooted my router. I've already done this. I've already done this. And I've already done this. Escalate me to level two. There you go. No, escalate you to level two. There you go. Hey, a little tip for dealing with CenturyLink for all it's our... Just, it's just tech. Like they, they're, who totally like, don't have a monopoly. For, like, first level tech have no, their job. No. First level tech has their job. It's never their fault. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what Jenny and I do there now. Like We assure you we've run the troubleshooting steps. Well, see, and that, that's, that's the thing is the people that you're dealing with are they're, they're level one they're employees just, who are just doing, doing what job. they're supposed to do. And it's like, I just need someone to give me an, an answer or some yeah. advice 
something some way way I could make this that's, work. That's yeah. you just immediately ask for level two. Yeah, we're we're about to pull out and and see the Xfinity. I don't know, like what kind of option do you have? I you really no got options. You've got no. You've got no, no literally recourse. no options because. Yeah. You but know. it's not a monopoly for some no, reason because ISPs no. totally don't have a chokehold over their uh, regions because they don't play nice Com- with each other to get contracts. Comcast stops like areas. a half mile down the road. Oh no way! And we we're like, so there's a lot of homes you could service. And they're like, yeah, yeah. we're good. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say, <laughs> I, I've been way happier with Comcast than with Century. Yeah, yeah, me too. And the they, they just screwed me pretty bad too oh no that we, we had a situation happen a few years ago and they keep coming to our door it's great they, they just keep coming to our door like sir can i interest you in the <laughs> vast power of century like, like no no no, no, thank no. You. your power sucks you will yeah. not like, tempt you, me you again no dark mistress. your superpowers are false you only have the <laughs> let, me, let me tell you again power. can i tell you guys again how much you suck and yeah. you still keep sending hey people man, to my doorstep hey man, stand right there for me all right i want to uh film this while i tell you off Uh, (laughs) god that's got that Uh, man that has got to be the worst job yeah going going door to door for the comp like that that's pretty much going door to door like the only thing that would be worse would be going door to door for like rj reynolds you know just going door to door be like hi can i interest (laughs) you in some cigarettes oh man (laughs) going door to door for procter and gamble it's the dude with the bag like at the bar Would, would you like to have a glass of Sunny Delight and watch me torture this rabbit in front of you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. Checks out. Let me anyway. get the lotion. Anyway. <laughs> so, we were talking about the future. We're talking right. about you. We were talking about the future. I want to know about MF Ruckus. What, what about? What would you like to know? Well, you were talking about where you guys are headed. And oh, I, just, I, know, I mean. I know you've got your five-year plan. We were just really... The plan has changed a lot for us. You know, we went, I personally have been through a lot in the last year. Mm-hmm. And with the loss of Parker, with the birth of my son, yeah. with my brother passing away, mm-hmm. with Tony moving, it's really about trying to figure out a way to keep it sustainable in the long term. And to keep people engaged and interested and to keep ourselves relevant enough that we can continue to do the thing that we like, which is traveling the world and playing music together. Realistically, we can probably do maybe 21 to 20, 21 to 30 shows a year. Tops. Pretty much. Still pretty good. I don't even think we did 20 shows. I don't even think we did 20 shows last year. Sure. So our goal is to create enough stuff to create enough quality stuff to engage with the people who do give a shit about us and do like us and do like what we do that when we do go on tour, it's something that is sustainable where people are going to come see us with the knowledge that we don't come every day. Right. You know, I come every day mostly in the shower. Hey, oh. Hey. hey. No, um, well, nice. but, but, <laughs> but it's so, so really it's become like, especially after Ransom was born, like the, the kind of inside joke that Tony and I had was just like, what's the hurry? You know? I mean, so in order to keep that, to do that, it becomes about workflow mm-hmm. and it becomes about, you know, all right, 
let's batch these things. Yeah. Like right now we're batching these demos into a batch of project files. Like we have a batch of demos that we're batching into projects that we will eventually take up to the studio with you and mm-hmm. we will batch. That's and right. then we will steadily release those. Right. Like the thing that you and I talked about when I first went in yeah. is just now starting to happen. You know, we recorded that batch of songs that we did mm-hmm. with you, and we're just now getting to the point where we're breaking them off one at a time and mixing them and mastering right. them. And I have Jake is basically one book ahead of Macy cool. on the comic. So Macy is while he's waiting on audio from Alex, who does the soundscapes and narration tracks, while he's waiting on that, which should get done this week, Macy is animating book three while Jake is drawing book four. Right. And then I pay them a little bit of what I can, and they know that that's the maximum amount I can do, and they have a... They have a small but consistent output. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I get like a page a week from Jake, something like that. He sends it over and it's like, I share that on our socials and we keep it going. You know, eventually I want to get to the point where we're able to produce, you know, one of those every eight weeks, Mm -hmm. a new single. But with the new stuff that we're bringing in, we will have stuff to give to people on something of a consistent basis for the foreseeable future. Right. And that makes it so that, you know, we're able to um, we're able to create these opportunities where we go out and, and play for people or our label drops us on tour or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to be going on tour six months out of the year. That's just never going to happen for us. It's not – maybe when we're way older and our kids are grown up and yeah, stuff. Maybe. You know, who knows? But a lot of bands don't do this. Yeah, like, and, and I, think that, I think the industry is changing a lot to where that's much more feasible. Right. And so – and a lot of times, honestly, the workflow is the only thing that keeps me in it. You know, it's the thing that creates the structure when – so when I start getting the Alaska thoughts, <laughs> you know, the protocol is what gets me through those waves of disinterest or depression or I futility see. or whatever. It's like, it's like, well, I said I'd do this, so I'll get this done. And then it's like – well, I also said I'd do this next thing, so I'll get this done. It's just like <laughs> completing the small mini tasks that are right in front of me, right. and they add up to stuff. So my plan, my it's not even really a five-year plan as it's I have this big ideal of where I would like us to get to. You know, I would like us to get to the point where we do one tour a year and we're playing, you know, theater-sized places. Thousand-seaters would be the shit. If I, dude, if I was doing yeah. if I was doing a tour every year where I was playing twenty one thousand seaters, to me that would be like I have arrived. I am a fucking rock star. Like that that is like five star career yeah. as far as I'm concerned. What wherever we land between where we are now and that, it's, it's all gravy to me, baby. Cool. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad I found you guys. Because every step of the way of kind of adjusting that, you have been very supportive of and very accommodating to that trajectory. Absolutely. You know, like I saw you guys, do, like when 
when when we originally started working together, the only thing we had committed to was doing an Evergroove live session because we thought that was really cool. Oh yeah, and. And when I said, I was like, hey, but what if instead of doing it in the studio, because we have to gig while Tony's in town, what if we just did the whole thing at the Little Bear and invited people to come watch it live and and recorded it like that? And you were like, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you're like, you're like, that's not the way we typically do it, but yeah, sure, sounds fun. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And we made it happen and we created that content and we put it out. And then it's like... It's like, hey, what if we adopted the same idea, but we went up there and we just batched out? Or uh, what if we wanted to do a weekly series and you were like, it would be smarter to come up and just spend an entire day batching out 16 songs. Yeah. We should do that. And I was like, yeah, that is the way to do it. Yeah. We started doing that, you know, and we did the, we did the album stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just like, here's, we're going to build these songs and we'll start piecing them out one at a time and then we'll come in with another batch on the back end of that and you were like great sounds awesome yeah how can i make that happen you know well i want to work with you not against you yeah right and it's your vision so help me help me help you i really just i appreciate that that's your default um i would like to know some of you know celebrating 13 years yeah that is a big fucking deal man especially in an industry that it changes so much all the time. Like you talked about music business degrees. Sure. Ty got a music business degree. Oh. In the early 2000s. Awesome. Did but he do it through Denver? Or did he he did it through CU Denver. Yeah. Cool. But when he graduated, the whole industry changed. Oh, sure. Like Napster happened while he was in college. <laughs> Oh, so he... Oh, my God. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, I got it. Yeah. So the entire industry changed when he came out. He came out and was like, well, now what? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I want to know... So that, that that's just to give, you know, um, scope as to, like, how much the industry can change in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a decade. And you're, you know, in a decade and a quarter, essentially. You know, decade and a third. What... What have been some of the proudest moments for you on on those thirteen years along the path oh, of those wow. thirteen years? Did like the, the the highest points for you? Um, wow. Um, the things that like immediately pop into your head is just like the things that were just like kept you going through thirteen years of trying to build a studio in in in, a, in an insane asylum of an I industry. Got, here it is. The thing. Regardless of um, how to how to uh, frame this, not not saving words, but like how to how to present it respectfully, um, it's the the one thing. Like when you said that keeps you going, there's a um, there's a mastering engineer that I that although I only worked with a couple times, um, he imparted wisdom to me that stuck with me, and it's. The, and the, and this story is a little twofold, and okay. and the and the preface to the story is, you don't know, the words that you say and the actions that you have, you don't know the long lasting effect that they could potentially have on people. Right. And so, um, I don't do it well, but I I do my I try to choose my words, not carefully. I'm not trying to self censor, but um, 
There was a mastering no, engineer. being deliberate. Yeah. Trying to be impeccable with your word. A mastering engineer named Dominic Meta, who worked at a air show in Boulder. And this is before yeah. I started mastering, and I was just getting started myself. And he worked with some... Uh, air show's big. Air show's a big deal. It's it, still Dave a big Matthews deal, band and uh, like they do... They yeah, do. like Dave, Dave and Ann are still cranking. He built a spot out side of Boulder and they still do amazing work and hold them in the highest highest regards right those guys when they were in Bo- when they were in their facility in Boulder um, not on Dave's property but in a in a commercial building Dominic was there and a buddy of mine um, at the time who has a studio said hey I'm mastering a track why don't you come down and hang out I'm like ah sure and so we were standing outside the door of Dominic's uh, studio he was making a cup of coffee I don't know what he was doing or he was loading in the track I don't know what it was <clears throat> And um, outside his door, he had a platinum record of, um, I'll, I'll remember it in a second. Um, it's not a band that I was incredibly interested in, but my buddy at the time point was like, that's fucking cool. And Dominic heard that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't walk out and go, oh, you know, you get, get lucky or whatever. He got really serious. Like, he got very sagely. And he looked right at us and goes, everyone gets one if you stay in the game. If you get up every day and just keep doing the very best work you can, everybody gets there. And turned around and walked into his office. We just went, really? Yeah. Like, just out of nowhere. Did you feel your nerves calm when he said I, that, Gordo? And I just went, <laughs> I didn't. It's I quite reassuring. Did you feel that? Like, you said that, and I just went, oh, thank God. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, because I, I, remember, I remember walking, like... My my buddy at the time and I we looked at each other. We kind of shook our heads. We're like, right on. We walked through the door. I don't remember the rest of the session. Right. I remember the drive home because I was just constantly thinking about what Dominic said. Now, unfortunately, Dom, Dominic passed away about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But when it gets um, when it gets hard and running a studio and running a small business is hard, really hard. I remember Dominic's words. All right. And so... And you put in a lot of hours, man. Like, you run yourself into the ground up there. I have to... Like, you, huge shout-out to Jenny you for go, tolerating this you, crap. You guys both, you and Jenny both, go yeah. all out for your clients. And it's, and it's... Dude, it's awesome to see. Dude, you saying that... First of all, we... I don't know if you know, we, we did master a record at uh, Air Show. Which one? Uh, fourth year freshman, Rock Your Box was mastered by Airshow. Who did that one? Was it, I can't remember. Because it's, it's, it's in the year? liner notes. What year? <sighs> Come on. 2007? Was it... Um, I oh, think. Oh, you wouldn't remember. Okay. It, dude, it was so think. long ago. And it was... So we... I wonder if it was Matt Sandowski. Years ago. Years... It might have been. Years ago, we... Tay's dad, Tate, was teaching painting lessons to this guy who said he was a, a music producer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and the guy's name was Lance Bendixson. We, oh, we worked with it. You I know, remember the name. Yeah, you yeah. remember Lance Bendixson. I never got to meet Lance. But and basically, I, I the, the truth is Lance was part of a different period of the industry yeah. that was dying because of the way the industry had gone. Yeah. So he and a lot of people like him were trying to figure out ways to s- stay in the game in a consultant capacity, in you know whatever they could do, sell their services as a, as a producer. Exactly. So he had met Tate and found out that we had a band, and we were one of the bands that he worked with. Oh, cool. 
And, you know, there were things about it, like we borrowed some money from some people and we we put it into things like mastering at Airshow mm-hmm. and we put it into things like mixing and tracking at Phase 4. And, it, it, you know, it's there's things from that world of the business where right. they go, they go, oh, you really want to get it at that place. You and to do really, it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> and you really want to produce it there. And this was right. when they were really trying to turn people away from the glittery horizons of the future what would now be the future of recording and the change in the market right so i appreciate everything that that he did and i i want that to go on the record that i appreciate everything Mm -hmm. that um that lance did with us and we learned so very much from that process it despite the fact that it was an expensive lesson and despite the fact that it was part of an kind of an old way of doing things we got a tremendous amount of value in that album and every like that album set the stage for everything that would come afterwards but but just as a side anecdote we did mm-hmm. we did the mastering there at at air show cool and they they really did do incredible work and it was fun to go in and like you know they've got every kind of speaker you can think of yeah and, oh, they're, and yeah. they're running your they're running your song through all the different speakers all the way down to little cell phone speakers. You yeah. know, it's got it's got to sound good oh, through everything. That had to be Matt Sandowski or Jim Wilson. Jim Wilson, I think, is who it was. Jim is amazing. He's still he's still actively mastering out of his basement in Boulder. God, I'd have to check the liner notes. I but love that man. If you if you look up fourth year freshman, rock your box. Um, it's got to be Jim. That was that was the album that is the most expensive album we've ever made. Um, and was really beyond our reach at that point as far as, like, we weren't that good. And those guys helped us sound better cool. and helped us get better as a band. Jim know? knows rock and roll, man. Well, and Ralph Patlin at Phase 4 Studio, you know, really put us mm-hmm. through the ringer. And, and I, don't the, know. I didn't know Phase 4. Uh, phase 4 was cool. It's in Tempe. That's where um, uh, Megadeth did the Euthanasia oh, record there. I thought you were talking about something here. No, no. Phase, okay, cool. phase 4 in Tempe, Arizona. Um, you know, I mean, and th- this was during a time where, like, we were like, we've got to make our press kit, and we've got to make our da 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 da. You know, we were we were trying to be. It's what you do. Yeah, and, but for you to say that that, and maybe it's wishful thinking, and maybe it's like some sort of just ease that comes over me from confirmation bias. Sure. You know, that's what you want to hear. It's just. Simple perseverance it is that is what you want to hear as an artist, as an, a, a business owner, as like a, anyone who gets up every day and keeps showing up and doing the thing that they really like to do, despite the fact that the odds are stacked against them. Right? Is you really want to believe that you're going to get your one if you keep showing up? Right. You know that some opportunity will present itself. You know, I try to remind myself of that, but I can see why that moment would stand out in your mind. And that was early on, right? It was. Um, I don't remember the exact date, like what year that was, probably. Uh, we always remember 09. Yeah. Somewhere in there, it was 08. It was super early. Yeah. And it was good that I heard that early. Because there's been, there's, because I, there, I mean, it's, it's, uh, like if we wanted the easy route, we could have opened like a sandwich shop, right. <laughs> or a bar, like, or a bar. Like the thing that, or like, started selling cocaine. I mean, yeah. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I 
odd jobs and all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of hustles. Yeah. So, I mean, there, were, there there's a lot of directions that we could have gone just to be, f- just to more quickly be financially stable, but we chose a creative industry. And it's, yep. I mean, it was years before I even paid myself a salary. And so, I mean, it's, that's, that's the, the one thing I think about is just Dominic's words and then, and then perseverance and like sticking with right. that. But, but through that, some of the highlights have been backstage at Red Rocks, running sound at Red Rocks. Right. Um, I consider it an honor to be recording MF Ruckus. Thank you so I much, man. I've recorded Devochka Live. And I've, That's um, right. You did with, record yeah, Devochka Live. There's just been a st- stuff that like the phone rings and you pick it up and you're like, oh, oh, wait. Oh, this, wait, this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys also... Um, worked with the Oppers on their first album. Didn't did you? not, did not. There's a, there's a po- there was, well, there was. We took the artwork down. There was a poster in the live room. The Oppers were a part of. Um, so people don't realize this, but our our uh, live broadcast that we do once a month, we've been doing them since 2010. Okay. And the Oppers were, um, we contacted them to do a live broadcast. And actually, it goes a little bit further back. At one point in time, I had a record label with a buddy, mm-hmm. and the Oppers pinged us to be on the label. Oh, they early kinda, on. They kind of they liked the aesthetic and the vibe. Um, we slept on it too long, and they, they signed to whatever. No, they got picked up fast, yeah. Yeah, that I don't think that shook out for them on that label, but they're on, the label they're on now is definitely treating Yeah, they're right. doing well, yeah. Did, yeah, guys are great. I keep but trying to get Nate Cook on the show. He won't answer, oh. he won't answer me. Oh. It's like, come on, come Nate. Come on, Nate. Come on, Nate. Come Let's on, do a Nate. podcast. Look, we're having fun. Come on. Everybody fun. comes. This is also a fun podcast. Uh, this is a fun uh, uh, tool to put lever- uh, put the screws to people. That's like great. you get to, you get to put pressure on people. Come on, and, and Nate. Like, come on, Nate. Come on, Nate. Oh, well, next time I see him, what, you yeah, yeah, do yeah. Tell him to come on the podcast. But, um, they did one of our live broadcasts. Yeah. Oh, they did early yeah. on. Yeah, and he uh, and we. Nate was losing his voice. He was getting laryngitis. They were leaving for tour the next day. Ooh, bummer. They were like that morning. They were going to go like the next morning. They were going to go pick up their CDs and hit the road, kind of stuff. Like, wow. Uh, but no, we didn't. We didn't work on that first album. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember seeing seeing yeah. something Yoppers related in there. Well, because so they were sure. kind enough to give us one of those posters when we were. That's really cool. Yeah, they were heading, and then we so we hung it up because it was just cool to have that. But you won't find that broadcast because Nate's voice was just so crapped out. He's like, "Don't, just please." <laughs> He's like, "Don't." So, well, my it's my, still on the hard drive though. My favorite memories, like creatively in the studio, mm-hmm. are all around all around Evergroup. You know, they're all around going up there and like bringing the the girls in and forming the ruckets and having them sing stuff and oh, and so get, cool. you know getting to getting to practice arranging and con- conducting yep. you know vocal parts or you know when we brought Will up or we brought Vaughn up to to record stuff or John Hagel coming up and doing saxophone stuff mm-hmm. or just bringing up fans and friends to do gang vocals yeah you know, our friends from Oklahoma City going up there um, uh, God um, some of the sessions where it would just be a couple of us going up and just screwing around like when we were working on equilibrium and i got to sit and play with tony's um guitar pedals Mm -hmm. and make noises with him while he was just doing screaming feedback and stuff that's that creative process that you don't you want the studio to be transparent hey can we just do yep sure we'll figure that out many studios they have this kind of don't touch it you'll break it 
almost type of vibe to him or you know like time is money and like yeah. it, every time you go to the bathroom you're basically just <laughs> spilling dollar bills on the ground you know what i mean yeah. and i love that we can go up and spend a day with you and feel feel safe trying whatever it is that we want to do and if we have if any of the stuff is that we're putting out now is worth a shit it's because of you guys and because of what you guys have done to to make our music sound the best that it possibly can and i just i I wanted to bring you guys on here because i'm super excited about the single man i am too we haven't put something out in three years like I want to say, two thousand. Oh, it's really? a, it's a mess. Was two thousand seventeen? What a mess! Or two years? Two years. Sorry, it's a mess. Two years. What a mess! Yeah, yeah. That we haven't put that out since twenty seventeen, and it was fall of twenty seventeen. Wow. So almost exactly two years. Yeah. No. And oh, that went fast. Yeah, man, it flew by. And now we're at the point where it's like, you know, like I said, we're we're lined up to be able to start giving the world these songs, and I'm. You know, we're in the early stages of the campaign. I was, if Gordo will vouch for this on the last episode of the podcast, I was just kind of like, I had a lot of anxiety about what was going to happen with this release. You yeah. know, just if, was anybody going to give a shit? Was it going to turn mm-hmm. into anything? And it hasn't, it hasn't led to an astonishing amount of press coverage or anything, but there have been a lot of nice little surprises that have happened, like, you know, getting featured on that uh, Loudwire playlist. Which is great. Which is huge, you know. But it's also fresh to market. Like, you're, yeah, it's, it's, fre- it's, it's it's brand new. It's not like we're two years down there like, oh, it didn't do what I hoped it would do. Yeah, and yeah, I know. It's like... It's two weeks old. Well, mostly... Yeah. Two m- weeks young. My, weeks major, young. <laughs> my major goal with it is... And when I sat down and I... You know, even though you're not supposed to say you have a publicist, when I sat down with our publicist, Groovy, yeah. you know, when, when I sat down with Groovy. him and the I talked about goals, he, you know, he was... He actually mentioned Loudwire. He was like, do you guys want to pay to do an exclusive release on... Loudwire. I mean, what are you guys thinking? Do you want, are you wanting to get something big for this? And I was like, what I want is I want this to lead to, I want this to convert in some way. I want it to convert into the next opportunity Mm -hmm. or I want it to convert to more support through patreon or investors or something i I wanted to either leave to lead to opportunity or resource is what i told i was like that is my my goal with this because i want to see the motion comics keep getting made yeah i want to see the songs keep getting made and i have no i have no delusions of grandeur that one of these is going to come out and blow the band up you know, gotcha. I know that each thing needs to lead to the next thing. So the only like the, the 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 biggest of all hopes that I have for this is that enough people hear about it that it leads them to take an interest in the band and just lift us up a little bit. Sure. You know, get us the next rung up the ladder or carry us to the next wave. That next thing. You know, like carry we us to the next about. wave. Yep. Because it, it feels like what it's been for a long time is a big wave and then, okay, now what? What are we going to do? You know, you do a big tour or you do a full album or something like that, and then there's just all this space after the fact. Right. So what I'm trying to do is make a lot of smaller waves and then just have each wave carry me to the next wave, carry us to the next wave, and keep us in the game. 
what's going to happen? They have a so Jenny and I just went to Iceland, right? And when you were in Iceland, did you read about sneaker waves? No. So what sneaker waves can do? You just almost described is a, a wave kind of builds upon a wave, and so you can be on a on a beach where the waves are crashing 12, 15 feet from you, right? But there'll be this kind of underlying current that gets we we didn't necessarily understand exactly how these work. They were it was just signs that were like. Well, they you, sneak up on you. You will die. Like, oh, they're sneak. They're like, literally do not turn waves. your back on the like the ocean. Like, okay, so um, what? So what will happen is uh, uh, these waves will start to come, start to build, and then out of nowhere, this wave will just kind of like surge way, way up, and just it's a big wave. It just crashes and pulls you straight out. Like people die every Dumb. year from them. But so, that's uh, the power of compounding interest so, and marginal gains, there man. You go. Yeah. So you're building sneaker waves. That's I really like that. Yeah. All right. Well, folks watching the show, go out there and build yourself some sneaker waves by yep. making little tiny microwaves below the surface. I'm wearing some sneaker waves. <laughs> I yeah, I was like, that minute. was imag- immediately what I thought of. I was like, oh, are they making shoes in Iceland? That's that right. Like, the new, the new, sneaker, the new waves. sneaker waves. Yeah, that's <laughs> making waves across the nation. I figured ocean trash. Yeah, yeah. Like every time, oh. a, every time a shipping container full of sneakers <laughs> goes over. That's right, sneaker waves. You that's get sneaker right, waves right. that wash up. Container on the shores just of rolls up on the glass <laughs> open. That's fucking great. No, it's just about you. Watch out for those waves, waves of sneakers. <laughs> little waves or sneaker like waves. If you like work in a sneaker warehouse and like you pull the wrong like the wrong load bearing sneaker out of the oh, pile yeah. there's a like an avalanche a, a wave yeah. of sneaker avalanche that just comes that's down right. on you that's also uh, a sneaker wave yeah that is a sneaker these wave. are all sneaker waves scientifically speaking can course. you imagine how much you would hurt to get hit with a sneaker wave because they don't have any of the and it wouldn't thuddy no 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 here's here's the thing there wouldn't be any feet in them so it wouldn't be like getting kicked in the face no. but it's all uh, fresh factory rubber uh, so yeah, you'd get all kind of those rigid. pieces of rubber that would just be like yeah. pulling on your hairs yeah. uh, you know just the way fresh rubber feels when it touches touches your I hair not to your rub it on my something. face but yeah I don't really cool. go about rubbing okay. rubber on my face cool that's cool well, I think uh, I think we're gonna call it. I think we're at three hours. That's good. Cool. I think we're gonna call it there, um, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank I really you, do appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Um, thank you, Gordo. Thank uh, you, Klein. Yeah. Thanks, Gordo. Thanks, thank Klein. You. It was and, awesome um, having thanks, you guys Brad. here. All thank of you guys. You. I think thank we so all much. need to give ourselves a little pat on the back for eighty goddamn episodes. Yeah. You're goddamn right. Yeah. I mean, you know, a hundred will definitely be the big party, but I think. I think you know it's just like age. It's it's zeros and fives. You know you got to have yeah, a little man. mini celebration for that. There you go. And uh, thanks for being here on our 80th episode, man. I'm excited. I'm really I'm excited to see where we're at by episode 100. You know the podcast, the stuff we're doing, right. Evergroove. Yep. I'm excited to see where Granny Tweed's at. I'm excited to see with the live stream setup. But Ethan, by the way, you're welcome to come every single week if you like. You are more than welcome. You knew that was coming, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I know. I know. Okay, so we close every episode with a one for the homies shout out. Okay. When I remember. And um, I definitely included in this I want to find some of your old stuff so where can I find something some of your old stuff where you're playing guitar I don't think you can Uh, if you dig deep on Spotify um, there's a song called Sergeant Snorkel 
and the Lion Riots by Guy in the Middle. But it wasn't, we didn't release, so what's interesting is we didn't, we, we released the album, but this was before Spotify. Right. And uh, the band Guy in the Middle, we actually did a little two-week tour with Fyodor and Babushka. And, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, it was uh, me, uh, Byron Jaco, who's now in Gort versus Goom, and um, his significant other at the time, Stephanie Gort on Gort versus Goom is one of my favorite bands That ever. drummer was, uh, yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Byron's great. Um, yeah. We recorded and... Uh, at, at the time we did that rent was cheap so and he he's a drumming madman he just at least I, I haven't talked to him in a little while but at the time he I think he practiced every day like hours and so he's like well instead of doing like practice my house rent's cheap I'm gonna go rent a thousand square foot space right and we recorded there yeah so we put this out we kind of, we kind of toured on it and then I quit to focus on the studio I, I already knew that that was going to be a time consuming and, and that's the direction I wanted to go um, fast forward to Spotify and we're uh, oh I, I, I'm sorry I'm leaving out Ryan uh, Deschel and that's not fair his name is now Sedgley um, he took his significant other's name but so Ryan Deschel sang on that as well mm-hmm. uh, I think I think Ryan was over we were hanging out we had had a couple beers and we're like I wonder if somehow guy in the middle's on Spotify. And you found it on there? We punch in Guy in the Middle. There it is. So it's out there without our permission, to be clear. Cool. Um, I just found it. Yeah. We, we also don't care. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. So I've got an idea for the one for the homies this week. So we're going to put out something that Brad's on, and I want to put something that Ethan Cotell yeah. is on. Yeah. Dope. Because, because you're a pretty accomplished musician. Like, hey, thanks. You're, Nobody's you're, ever called me that before. No, but I mean, you're, you're like really good. Like you're you're into like proggy like high musician like like high art metal i'm super techie yeah you're really into the tech so what should we look up of yours and put on the end of the episode god well i've never done anything techie because you see i don't practice enough to have good technique (laughs) okay well i want to i want to hear something i want to hear something of yours on the episode yeah that's fine so is it all right if it's not on spotify uh, where would it be? It would be on Bandcamp. On Bandcamp, that's fine. Cool. We can so, pretty much, or, and and you can even send us a link. Whatever, whatever cool. works. We've ha- not had a problem finding a homies track yet. Nice. Yeah. So my favorite band I ever was in uh, was called Springfield. A super unoriginal name, and the reason I call it a super unoriginal name is because you can find it at original sp- or official Springfield uh, Because of course Springfield was taken, <laughs> right, so right, right. that sucks. Official but, uh, Springfield. Yeah, Jeez. this is back in like 2013. That's how I got my start recording. Was this dude was like, "Hey, want to record our album?" And I was like, "You, I." Ha- yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, yeah. What, what, not, song, yes, what song? I'm should not we the play? right guy. What song should we play? Play Alaska. It's pretty cool. Alaska. Mm. Yeah. Springfield. Geographical metal. Anyway, yeah. uh, man, I, th- I think that's going to be good. Uh, thanks so much for listening to and watching the motherfucking podcast episode eighty. Uh, be sure to check us out on um, Spotify and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Our website, mfruckus.com. We've even got some stuff on SoundCloud, LastFM, Stitcher. Oh, uh, yeah, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, and uh, most of all, 
Go on YouTube and check out the front lines of Good Times. Chapter 2, our newest motion comic. We are really fucking proud of it. And uh, the soundtrack to that is our new double single, which just came out. I like the term double single. Yeah, I've been good. throwing that around. Our new double single, Making a Killing and You Only Live Forever, uh, which was recorded at Evergroove, Evergroove Studio. Uh, big shout out to Rodeo Star Records and Napalm yeah. Records for for pushing the release, man. We really appreciate it. And you guys can really help us out um, by streaming it and sharing it with your friends and and helping get the numbers up so the label has a reason to keep us around. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of my biggest concerns I mean, is them just being like, yes, I know you're very excited, but these numbers are pitiful. We're going to have to drop you from the label. Anyway. And she was like, listen, we like you. We really, we really like, like you. you. But yeah, you're just the nicest numbers. guys, but man... <sighs> I mean, you guys are pretty deluded, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's cute and all, but we can't waste any more money. <laughs> there it is. Like, that's like my biggest fear. Anyway, go check it out uh, on all those platforms and uh, check out the comic. If you go to our website, mfruckus.com, the very first thing that pops up is a link to a PDF of the comic where you can cool. read it yourself and listen along with the comic audio on Spotify. We released so we released cool. we released the single version, which is without any of the intro stuff or effects. We released oh, the cinematic right. version, which has an extended intro. We released an instrumental, and then we released the comic audio, so people can read along with the comic nice. uh, and listen to that. So check it out, man! It's a it's an interactive release. Check it out, man! Uh, thank you so much for listening to and watching the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Gordo. And we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.
sad that I feel comfortable in this hospital. It starts with one moment that leads to another and then another. One bad decision that sends you spiraling out of control. The Percocet prescribed to heal me ended up being what I needed to survive. It gave me false hope and a sense of security. One pill turned into two, into three. Soon enough, I would become numb. But in reality, I was becoming just as empty as the void in my womb. The pills kept coming, and I kept taking. The only thing holding me together. I thought I had hit rock bottom, but I was far from it.
you're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 